Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Listen, if you're still living with bladder accidents, stop. It's time to get your life back. I was just like you until I found real relief with Axonix Therapy. It's not a pill or a pad. It's a clinically proven advanced treatment. Get started at findrealrelief.com. That's findrealrelief.com. Consult a bladder specialist to find out if Axonix is right for you. Results and experiences may vary. For more information about safety and potential risks, go to findrealrelief.com. guys welcome back to the podcast today sitting down with us i have coach coughlin he is the defensive line coach at langley community college in oakland california coach thank you for being on here with the big time zone difference over between us i appreciate it you got me on a friday after some distance learning so i'm happy ready to go do a little podcasting and then go out and barbecue something yeah, it's it's dark over here though. There's snow. It's dark. I bet it's different over there. I'm looking out there. It's snowing right now. Wow, it's been it's actually been a nice little run. It's been in the 60s the last couple of days. It was raining and cold, and it got in the 60s. It's it goes up and down so much. And it reminds me that I'm getting old. I can tell when my knees and my shoulders start aching. I I know there's a weather change coming. <laughs> that happens in my knee. The football injuries are catching up. And my knee, I can feel it. Like, it's been 30 degrees today. Oh, dang. 
which is nice because the snow doesn't really stick as much. It turns into rain. That's what Illinois deals with. That's crazy when 30 degree, when you're thankful for 30. If it was it's kind of it's kind of like when we're in Oakland and the and it was every now and again we'll get a hundred degree day. And the and the Bay Area kids, they they just they can't handle that crap. You know, it's like hey, coach, it's a hundred degrees. I'm like, and I and I'm I live about an hour away from there where we're far away from the water, so it gets significantly hotter. I'm like, come on, man, you gotta be able to handle this. Because we go up every year, we we end up having to go up to Butte, which is up in Northern California in, by Chico, and they 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 make sure we're playing them on Saturday at one o'clock, in you know in hundred degree heat, and those guys live in it and, and they're good. And our our guys, you could just see it on their face sometimes. It's like we can't handle this heat. I'd be the same way with the cold. It, it can be as hot as it wants, but you put me in freezing cold, I'm a I'm an unhappy kid. Yeah, see, I hate the heat, but, like, I need perfect. I need, like, if it's 50, I'm okay. Like, to me, that's okay. Um, A funny story that's kind of funny to me, I went to Eastern Illinois University, and later on after I was there is when Dino Baber showed up to coach there. Jimmy G was the quarterback. Um, I helped out spring ball, so I was coaching at Charleston High School because that's where the t- it's the town it's in, Eastern's in Charleston, Illinois. So I was coaching at the high school, and I was helping spring ball for Dino Babers. So one spring day, it's 50 degrees. So for me, I might be in a hoodie and shorts or, or whatever. He comes out in like a hoodie, a parka, his hat on, and his gloves, and it's 50 degrees. He's like, I'm from Hawaii and Texas. This is too cold for me. <laughs> and, and he had a stopwatch because they have to snap the ball every like 12 seconds. And his gloves are so big he couldn't hit the button. <laughs> and he's throwing a fit. And I think it's funny. I, I set up practice. I'm standing out watching. I think it's funny. But you can't laugh because he would have. But to me, that was funny. Like 50 degrees was perfect and he's freezing. And like he couldn't handle Illinois weather. Well, you just got to tell him to cut the finger, just cut the fingers off the gloves. Make it happen. Well, that was the day where they snapped the ball every 14 seconds three times in a row, and he got mad, and he took the gloves off and was throwing them. <laughs> like, that's how fast he wanted to go, was if it wasn't 12 seconds, he threw a fit. I like it. I like it. I mean, what we do when we're when we're doing our scout development, we get we usually do it in five- or ten-minute periods, and the goal and – and this is working with scout team that's a combination of some offensive guys and some of our guys – twos and threes filling in and we're trying to get six plays in five minutes and we got to, we got to move, you know, on the hash with the, with the card, get them up on the line, get it snapped. And we're, we're go, go, go yelling and screaming. And I, I couldn't go back to practice any other way. I mean, I, I can remember being it sometimes at the high school level, you know, where the offensive coordinator is like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna run one more play, then we're gonna run one more play, and you do that for an hour, and then we go do something else for an hour, and I I would just be like, there's got to be a better way to do this, and then you know, then you get around people that are a little more organized and being on five ten minute periods and with tempo tempo tempo, I love it, you know, it, that way you can get a great practice and try to get off the field in two hours, and not and not have to have those marathon sessions. I mean, I, I can remember some coaches when I was a head high school coach, I'd have some of my guys try Well, we need to be out there for at least three or four hours. I'm like, you are insane. We're, we're going to go out there and we're going to, we're going to go, go, go. 
And if, if a long one's going to be 215, and I had a guy that coached me for a while, and he'd always say, oh, you college guys, you always take it too easy on the kids. And I'm like, well, I, and I told him, I said, I'd always, I'd always rather have quality over quantity. And the bottom line is I, I do share a little bit of the, of the old school thought that it should be football should be a little bit of a grind. But I've also adapted – I mean, I always had it in me, but adapted more where it should be fun. If we're going to go out there and spend that much time doing things, it's fun. I mean, I, I like having the music during practice that we do now, but I'll, I'll lose it when if it's time to line up for a drill and somebody's over there singing and dancing, you know, uh, no, the music's got to stop. Mm-hmm. You know? And just just like cracking a joke and having some fun, it, it's as long as we're doing things at a high level. I'm the first guy that'll throw a one-liner in, in between plays. But as soon as we start messing up and not getting done, all that all that crap's got to go off. I, I mean, it's it's been to the point where, you know, usually we'll have an assistant coach who has the – he'll have an like an old iPod so it doesn't – the music, nobody, no phone calls or anything like that. And it's just like, stop the music. And everybody's like gets all bummed out. Coach, why are you stopping? Because we're not doing it right. If we're doing stuff right – let's have some background noise, but you guys are messing things up calls that when it, when it gets to the point where it's like calls we've been working since day one, that should just be automatic and you're going the wrong direction. Number one, that's going to make me mad. And two, that's going to make you come out. I, I had, I had a couple guys on last year's squad that were good enough to be on the field, had the skills, but even after shirting and being there for three years, just messing up on simple calls and going to wrong gaps. And if you can't take the time to learn the plays, I, I got to pull you. Yeah, you have to earn it. You have to earn to be on the field. You earn that music. You earn the right to have a little practice like that, in my opinion. Oh, for sure. And yes. I was – go ahead. Hey, everybody. As you know, the Coach Steve Show is brought to you by the Unhinged Sports Network. And in case you've missed it, they've recently par- partnered with Fubu TV. Now, what is Fubu TV? Fubu TV brings you 100 plus channels, including NBC, CBS, Fox, ABC, ESPN, and more without the hassle of a cable contract. It is 2020. It's time to cut the cord. If you don't believe me, please click the link in the episode description or on the social media profile, and you can get a seven-day free trial. So please, again, go click on the link for FUBU TV in the episode description or in the social media profile. Get a seven-day free trial to support the Coach Steve Show podcast as well as the Unhinged Sports Network. Recently, the Coach Steve Show has joined with the Unhinged Sports Network. It's an off-the-ground sports network that has different podcasts and is playing 24-7. So it's a podcast radio type website. So every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, the Coach Steve Show will have a new episode out. And they have partnered with Fanatics.com. So what I need you guys to do is in the episode descriptions and on social media is click on the Fanatics link and go get yourself some fan gear. Any team that you want, they have the gear for. Shirts, polos, hats, 
pullovers that have zips, stocking stuffers, anything like that, anything. Any team you want, they have. So please just support the podcast and support the Unhinged Sports Network. Please click on the, please click on the link in the description. Please click on the link in the social media and go buy stuff. They have anywhere, anywhere. I've seen anywhere between 20, 30, 40, 50, 60% off all, all their apparel. So with sports coming back, please go get some apparel to support your team. So again, click on the link, go get yourself some gear, and thank you for all the support. Go ahead. I always let them know how I feel about the the day before in pre-practice. If I feel like they had a really good practice that day in pre-practice, we'll do our we'll do the things we always do, but it'll be a little bit more teaching and learning. Like, hey, go go put your helmets down over there and come on over here. Let's line up on these pop-ups or something and go over things at a at a slower pace so I can get, you know, get the learning gone. But if they had a bad practice the day before, that I we're just we're we're moving and grooving. We'll go live on the sled or go go run pursuit drills even bef- even though we start every practice off with bags and a pursuit drill we'll go run some smaller pursuit drills just because and and it, they know they already know it's like okay this is why we're you know we had a bad practice or something didn't go well i mean eff- effort is the thing that sets me off when i was a young coach i used to scream about everything and now the only thing that I lose it and scream about is effort. If it's mm-hmm. a technique error, we can work on that. If it's an assignment, well, I'll take that back. Effort and assignment. If you know those two things, I, I still can go to my my dark place. But but technique wise, I mean, you can't scream at somebody. It, it you can't stand behind somebody trying to hit a golf ball and scream in their ear to hit the golf ball. You know, mm-hmm. you just gotta you gotta cue it up and keep reminding them and keep molding it. And I feel it's the same way with defensive line play because I, I am huge about us using our hands. You know, I, I've gotten into some good arguments with coaches at Laney in the past, some guys that aren't there now, because they they tell you you're doing too much technique. It's just about, you know, in their mind, defensive line, just getting a stance and get up field and go wreck chop. I'm like, no, that's not how that's not how I coach football, and that's not how we play football anymore. I mean, if I if I didn't have time to coach it, I guess. But technique is everything, especially with the hand strike and 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 locking out and peeking and shedding into gaps. You know, so because I mean, yeah, I could take a guy that's physically dominant and maybe get something out of him in the short term, but I want him going to a four year school and contributing to that team. And that and that's one of the things that I'm most proud of is our. The, the D linemen that we've had over the last I'm going on year nine now we've had a great group of guys every year and they all get scholarships and they all end up playing at the schools that they go get these scholarships at and that, and that's the 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 biggest moment of pride my guy Amir this year that plays at Washington State you know I'm watching TV and he's in and he's not just in on a down or two he's he's playing consistently. I still had to call him after the game and tell him to use his hands more. <laughs> <laughs> still coaching him when you're not there. You're like, wait, well, what was that? Oh, oh, he, but you know, he's like, coach, we're doing a knife technique against the zone. I'm like, well, you, you know, I always tell my guys, you never go into a fight with your hands down. So even, even if it's a, even if we're doing some kind of technique, you know, where we're slant, cause we tag all kinds of things. 
you know, there's sometimes we'll slant and we'll use our hands. Sometimes we'll, sometimes it's a quick slant. And if it's a quick slant, I still want some kind of chop or a hand movement coming into that gap just because holding doesn't get called anywhere anymore, but especially at our level of community college football. I mean, I, there's been times where offensive linemen's mauling my guy, but in, and the ref season is like, why don't you call that? Well, because it's away from the play. It has no effect on the play. <laughs> and it's like, all right, well, it's going to have effect on the play that's coming to his side next time. But right. use your hands and keep those big bodies away from you. Well, it's fundamentals. People like – I talk to people like I coach basketball too. I'm like, basketball, what do we do every day? Fundamentals. So football needs to be the same thing. Like hands is fundamentals. Like that should be obvious to work on that every day. Muscle memory. I want you to dream about it. I want you to dream about your hands coming out and hitting the guy. Heck yeah. I always, I always tell my guys, I long time ago, uh, we had, uh, a guy come talk to us at the high school. He had worked with Olympic athletes, you know, about visualization and, and just the mental side of everything. And he said something that always stuck with me is like, it it takes 16,000 reps to perfect stuff. So, I won't say it out loud now, but I remind the kids of probably the the one or two things in life that they are perfect at, that they've done 16,000 times, and using their hands to strike an offensive lineman ain't one of them. So we get we get down and, and we're, we're popping things. Although the one thing I don't do as much anymore is I would always do, you know, get them down in a six-point stance or a five-point, you know, knees down, mm-hmm. work and strike, work and strike. I might work that once or twice in the off season and then in the beginning of camp. But now everything I'm trying to do is just, we'll get in a stance, strike the sled, get in a stance, strike the sled, you know, and I, I try to do it in three parts, you know, where we'll get down and we'll lock it. Then we'll get down and we'll lock it and we'll peak it. And then we'll get down, lock peak and shed off and just hit sled, hit sled, hit sled, hit sled, and then hit sled some more. I've got one of those uh, Eagle Jenkins sleds. It's like the mm-hmm. one that that it. I just the action of it's really really different that I like. It's kind of like the one when you see any of the Alabama videos or the LSU videos. It's that sled, and you can get your hands real tight, and we'll fit it up and just pop it and have some have a big guy sit on the little thing or stand on the sled with his butt on the on the pad, and so you can't move it back and just again and again and again. And it, when I first got that sled, the kids kind of fought. I mean, we always had, we always hit the sled, but we, you know, when sometimes when those sled, when their hands are out here on that sled bag, I mean, that's not very realistic. I got to the right. point where I was taking the old school, the lev sled and turning the bags upside down. So they put their hands in a tighter position. And gotcha. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. 
Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. And we'd have to, that one doesn't have any weights on it, so we'd have to prop it up against the back of the goalpost. Then I'd get in trouble from Coach Beam because we're scraping the paint on the back of the goalpost or or tearing the old pad that we put on during the week. And then we got that, that Jenkins one. The cool part about that is it has the pegs to be able to put the 45-pound plates on it. So you can really anchor it down. And then, and then we, we have all kinds of reed drills off of that where I'll put, I might put a live body next to it or have a guy in the back there as a reed guy running with an agility bag so they have to roll tackle on it. And the possibilities are endless, but we live on that thing. And the, the other sled that you'd always hear the guys kind of, oh, we got to go do the sled. Now with this one, our guys are like, oh, because they see – they, they see the transfer of the guys that played in front of them because they're really, really good at it. And then they go on and, and when they come back from whatever school they're four year school they're at, I ask them, I said, what are you guys doing at practice? Said, we do the same thing. And it reinforces it with the kids. And now with the quarantine, we had a little period of time where the kids were conditioning in pods at the college, but there was no fo- football stuff going on. It was all just, running and body weight things and the kids on their own would go over to the sled and do the drills you know i'd be i'd be stuck here doing the high school stuff and my buddies would be they would film it they'd film the guys with their phone and say hey they're working you know so they realize that that it's kind of ingrained in the program now with the d-line it's like those reps are going to make the difference where i have other guys that come and say sleds aren't realistic you know, you get that that group of coaches that say it all has to be if it's not a body on a body, it's not realistic because that's what the game is. And I, I I agree with that to a certain extent. But I but just the you know, what about a boxer hitting a heavy bag right? You know, or, or a martial artist kicking the bag or the speed bag? It's it, you're training your hands. And and once your hands are good as a defensive lineman, everything else comes off of that because. I mean, I, I get guys that are really, really undersized. You know, sometimes I'm I'm playing dudes on the D-line at that level, you know, 240, 250. But because of their lever their pad level and their leverage and their hands, they're they're standing up guys that are 340 pounds and throwing them off and going to make a play on the ball. And it and it gets some scholarships. So it's like, yeah, we're we're gonna go hit this sled a thousand more times every chance we get. Well, like things have changed. Like when I played, we hit that sled for a mile. So I think that's where we've adapted. We're like, we're not going to, because I was an offensive lineman. So it's like, we're not going to hit the sled for a mile. It's hit it for three seconds and you're done. Yeah. I think that's where people thought maybe the sled doesn't mean as much. I said, well, it depends how you use it. If you drive it like we did for a mile, that was your punishment. You know, your condition, like we're going to hit the sled for a mile. That, or you're an offensive lineman. Like if you hit that sled for 10 seconds, you start getting bad form. So now you're teaching bad form. Oh yeah. Now we've adapted to where it's like, what's a realistic play? Three to four seconds? Hit the sled for three or four seconds and then get them off. I agree. Don't tell anybody, but I was an offensive lineman in college too. So I I, I agree with that. You know, I when you when you're pushing that thing a hundred yards down the field and they all look like upside down L's, mm-hmm. you know, it's just like that's horrible technique. 
I, to be, I, I, if I was coaching offensive line today, I would use the same sled I use for defensive line, and I would probably use almost the same techniques. You know, I, I know there's a lot of things now, like like our offensive line, they kind of do that turn that turn blocking, you know, where they're passing people off and, and almost 45 mm-hmm. and down the line. And it, it's effective, but I I would think I would just be stay square, stay big, shoot your hands. You know, I, but I do notice a lot now, you know, they keep everything D1 and pro offensive line stuff. They keep it in here, you know, where I, old school me, I, you know, they always taught us to finish blocks as far, you know, lock out and finish blocks and try to drive that guy over the top. Yeah. Um, I've adapted that a little bit because my high school, when I play, we ran the power I triple option, like old school. And we were told to keep them close. And that's always stuck when they keep them close because what do you do as a defensive lineman? You want separation so you can see. So yeah. As an offensive lineman, you want to be as close as you can. So I think that's why people are starting to be like, yeah, keep them close because defensive linemen are getting really good at even just one arm getting off and able to see. So they want them as close as possible. So I have to, in high school, I have to do that. Like, guys, you probably play defensive. I coached offense and defensive line last year. So I had to flip flop. I'm teaching them on offense to keep them close. And I had to flip flop in an hour. Like now I want you to learn how to do this. Like now you got to be separated. Well, why coach? Well, as an offensive lineman, do you want them far away? Cause now you have to chase them. I don't want to run and chase him. And they're like, Oh, that makes a good point. It's a defensive line. Quit standing straight up and looking. You want this to see. Yeah. I, I, I was a new don't... guy. I was a new guy. So these kids were like, what is he talking about? <laughs> that was when I was the new guy at Laney. I, our defensive coordinator at the time was more of a, of a, he was, he was a, a leaner, taller guy playing in college. So a lot of his techniques were kind of like that Rod Marinelli stuff, the Rushman philosophy, where it's almost, you know, everything, everything looks like a pass rush, you know, get to the heel line, redirect, make a play, dip, rip, thrown over, but just get it. And I, and I come in and I'm like, no, hands, 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 control the block before you leave the block. And then, the defensive coordinator saying, telling my guys, don't be a block magnet. And it's like, and I, and I get that too. You know, the goal is not to stay stuck on blocks, but, and, and that's a, that's a hard teach in the beginning to not leave too soon, not leave too late. You know, it's like go when you know, but get that guy as separated off as possible and, and control the blocker. You know, that's, we, we run a, we run a base three, four and, I, I really like being head. My guys being head up on other people, it confuses them for blocking schemes. We can we can move off of that. We can stem off of that. You know, like I I saw uh, I saw a poll on Twitter today where where one of the coaches was asking, "Do you attack react? Do you read attack, or do you do a little bit of both?" And it's like like you were saying with the different on offense and defense. I have to kind of do that same thing because when we're when we're head up, the the feet are wider, you know, the strike is is head, we're trying to get in the armpits, you know, we're still we still have a gap on one side or the other because we, we don't we don't do a true two-gap technique to where I gotta beat his hat across to whatever direction he's going. You know, we're we're trying to we're trying to knock that guy back. We call it bang technique. I when it, when I heard I watched a lot of stuff uh with Rex Ryan when he was with Baltimore. 
speaking at clinic, some tape I have of him speaking at clinics, you know, and he started calling it. And when I heard him call it knockback, I'm like, well, it's the same concept of what we're doing. And I, and I sell it to my guys. If you could knock, if you can knock that offensive lineman a yard off the ball, you've just destroyed every blocking scheme and you've just put yourself in a perfect position to go put a hat on the ball carrier, you know, right. so focus on that first. But, but when we go to a shade, you know, now it's a little bit different. If we're head up, I'm saying read attack. The, the thing the other coach was talking about was a read step. I don't, I don't do a read step. The, the hips and the hands are going to take your foot to wherever in the direction that you need to step in. But when we're, we're in shades, then I start talking to them about attack react. Although my sports psych friend would get on my head because we're not supposed to say react. We're supposed to say respond. It's the, <laughs> it's the verbal cueing of the mental mind. And, I mean, it, to the point when he would correct us at practice. No, we don't react, Brian. We respond. And I, and I like it. And I, and I try to say respond more than often than not. But I, but if I say react, you know, it's not to me, it's not a horrible thing, you know, because the kids at that age don't have the con. They, they haven't built it up in their head. What responding and reacting is to them. It's the same thing. Right. You know, but, in, but in the shade, I want those guys smashing through the half man and getting to it where when we're head up, I want you to read it. Then I want you to go get it. But but that's also why when we're when we're head up, we're we're a lot further off the ball. And then when we shade, I try to get them to creep up a little bit more. And then when we're in a pass mode, you know, third long or something like that, then I start talking to them about like that credit card alignment where you're where you're creeping up as much as possible, you know, to get every advantage we can. But then I have to be careful, like we were talking about earlier, it, if we jump. And give them five. I mean, number one, you never want to jump, but and, and I hear it with everybody. If if a DB gives up a touchdown, it's like, oh, it's okay, we'll get them next time. Receiver drops a ball, it's like, oh, we'll get them next time, you know. But but let a D lineman jump offside, even the kicker's got something to say. <laughs> and, and it's like, come on, guys, it happens. You know, we're we're, we're sitting there, everything's right in our face, and and we're waiting to get punched in the face or punch them in the face first, and. You get a good, you get a quarterback with a good cadence that's that's barking, you know. And usually with that, you get a center flinching too. And refs mm-hmm. don't see the center flinch; they just see the guy jump. But definitely, well, right, because D line and O line hit every play, so you have to be ready to be smacked. And off, I'm off at time, and they'll smack you in the head and get away with it. They're like, "Well, hold on, they'll put their hands up there in the face mask. Like, you have to be ready. You can't be slow." You could be watching the ball too. You could be staring right at it, and eventually you're going to go because you're like, "I'm about to get hit." Yeah. And especially when when you're looking at the ball, you're not seeing it now. So now you have to look. I we've gotten to the point now where when when we're head up, I mean, I still want you to recognize the ball out of your peripheral, but we're we're keying we're keying the V of the neck or the logo or the tip of the pad, you know, in run because. That, that was one thing I learned that really helped me separate the teaching styles of everything was, you know, run mode, pass mode, stunt mode. And there's there's different alignments and techniques that are inherent to all three of them. When we're, when we're in straight run mode, I'm not worried about the ball. I'm worried about the movement of the guy in front of me, you know, to the point where when we practice that, we'll have somebody standing to the side of the bag on the sled and I'll be sitting there barking cadence and stuff like that, but it's 
the, the guy standing behind the bag will give it a push. And when he gives that bag a push, that's when I want you, you know, at the first, the first, when we start building it in the spring and the off season, we'll do it with no sound, you know, just, okay, I want you to key on this bag. And to the point where I'm coaching the guy up on the bat that's pushing the bag just as much as I'm coaching the guy up in front of the sled. You know, you get guys that are like slapping it or just flick it or, or try to be funny. It's like, no, put your hand on the back of the bag. And then when you, whenever you, or they'll sit there and try to be funny and wait 10 seconds. It's like, no, we got to get, we got X amount of time. We got to get reps, buddy. And put your hand on the bag and push it to the point where I, if, if they get too funny, I'll throw them out of the drill and stand back there and show them how to do it. And then tell that guy to go touch a goalpost or do something that gets them out of my face for a minute. And, you know, and then, and then that kid realizes it's, it's, it's not like high school where I make you run a lap and everything's good. I make you run a lap and now you lost those reps. And then the next, if you're a first string guy, next time we go out and we go defense on the ball, you're missing out on that period. And if that happens enough, you're no longer the one. Now you're the two or the three, if the other guys are doing good. And, but like when we're in pass mode, then I want all your key in the ball, 95%. And then the guy in front of you, you know, and then when we go stunt mode, it's, it's, it's a little bit of, of in between, you know, because of when we, when we stunt, we do a lot of movement up front, you know, we'll, we'll long stick it from, sometimes we'll long stick it from a five outside of the tackle all the way to a gap, you know, and it's like, look, buddy, you got a long way to move back yourself up off the ball. Make sure you, because in our, in our, we, I try to make the stances always look the same to not give it away. I mean, offensive linemen are smart and they, you know, and really good offensive linemen, they study all those things. Mm-hmm. You know, if it, does he switch hands? What foot's back? What's this? What's that? Oh, there's a little more weight this time. You know, so like when we stunt, I try to keep, I still try to have them keep their feet as even as possible because I, I don't stagger too much anymore. Well, if we're in a shade, we'll stagger a little bit, but I, it's to the point where I focus more on the hips and the hands. I don't even teach that first step at, at like I used to. You know, when I first started coaching defensive line, it was always about replacing the down hand, even even on like run stuff. I'll do that on pass on pass rush now because you know I want you getting upfield and putting pressure on that guy. But I, I we we try to keep the heat. But if but if I'm going to long stick. In this direction, I'm gonna I'm gonna drop that foot back, maybe just a touch, give me a little more chance to open up my hips and get where I gotta go. Yeah, uh, uh, last year I was O line D line at a school, so I had to start from scratch on D line. So I did hands and step exactly. Said, replace the hand, replace the hand. And then I started to get ahead of myself, and I was like, "They've got it. Now we can do rips. Now we can do this. Now we can do this. Now we can do this." They forgot how to step and forgot how to use their hands. They literally would be in their feet. And they try to stand straight up and never take a step, never shoot their hands. Ugh. And then they wanted to spin move because they saw, see NFL guys do it. Then they want to do this. They want to do that, which spinning's fine. But they want to spin inside to another guy. You know, like my nose guard would try to spin. And you could correct me. I try to tell them, as an offensive lineman, if you spin, I love it. I'm going to go for the ribs in the back. Oh, yeah. On the, on the inside. Or I'll just pass you off to the guard. Just pop hands. Go ahead. Spin all you want. Mm-hmm. I, we, I, it's funny you say that. I, I, you could ask anybody I coach with or any of the D linemen, and I'd be like, Hey, what happens if you spin? Here, here's the rule. Here's my rule about spin. If you're going to spin, you better make the play. If you don't make the play, I'm cussing you out because mm-hmm. 
you know, the, you you could wake some wake one of them up out of bed. What does Coach Coughlin say about the spin? Coach Coughlin says F the spin. You know, it it's it's one of those things like if you're way outside the the tackle set line and you're and you're getting deeper than the quarterback and you spin back in, great. I'll I'll play that over in film and say that's a really good job right there. If somebody does any kind of spin move and gets the sack or tackles the ball carrier, I'll praise it. I'll say, you know, that's a high-risk move, but you pulled it off, and and congratulations to you. You get a plus on the grade. But if, if you spin and you spin yourself out of the play or you just get passed off at the line, I, I will rewind it and talk about how dumb that is multiple times. And I will – to the point where the where that guy's usually like, okay, coach, can we go on to the next play now? No, we're gonna watch this dumb spin at least three more times, just so that everybody know you they'll feel your pain for you and they won't do it. Mary redeemed a fifty thousand dollar cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun with over eighty casino style games to choose from. You too could win life changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to chumbacasino.com and give them a world. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Just because, like you said, as an offensive lineman, if I'm doing a good job and I'm keeping my head back and you spin in front of me, I'm just going to step in the direction of that and punch the crap out of you. And you're not gaining ground. There, uh, I, that, that goes back to the, like that Rod Marinelli stuff. I mean, I, I learned about that when I was, you know, 20 years ago when I was coaching high school, watching some old – old grungy VHS tapes of him talking about all the Rushman philosophy from at Tampa Bay. And now granted you could see Simeon Rice and Warren Sapp and those guys performing it. And they're like, well, coach, look at that. That looks good. I said, well, yeah, that's Warren Sapp. You right. know, you're not, you're not Warren Sapp. Nope. And I, I just, plus I, I always use the analogy of like a fight because it is a fight, you know, would from, one yard to the ball, either direction. It's a fight. And why would you turn your back in a fight? If you turn your back, expect to get punched in the head or get clipped or they're going to clip your knees out from under you and you're setting yourself up and you've lost sight of the ball. Yep. I was that guy uh, in film. If they spun, I'd be like, because the head coach would be doing it. I'm like, coach, can you go back to that? And he doing, can you go back again? Go back again. And then the guy that spun is like doing this. And I'm like, what do we do wrong? Coach, I spun. And then I have to like take my clipboard and slam it down or my paper. Why would you spin? Is it homecoming <laughs> I didn't know about? Were you asking him out and I didn't know what was going on? And what you do at home on your own time is your own time, like that type of stuff. And I'm like, can you just rewind that again? I'm watching it. And I'm like, why do you do that? And he said the wrong thing. He goes, well, Saturday players do it. And I just lost it. And I'm like, there's a reason why they do it. 
<laughs> you're not that. Like, because some coaches say it's fine. I'm like, no. That's why I like being an offensive lineman too. Because I'm like, let me tell you what happens when you do that. Or they want to swim. And I'm like, let me tell you what happens when you swim. You know that armpit rib area? These four fingers go right in there. What do you mean? I was like, because I did it in high school. Like, yeah. He had the gloves with the metal in them, you know, where your fingers wouldn't move and you would just bam. We, uh, one time when I was at a clinic, I got to listen to Carl Mock talk, the old, uh, he was offensive lineman in the NFL for years. And I think he was the, uh, Buffalo Bills offensive line coach during the Super Bowl runs. And, and he had this thick Southern accent and he talked about hitting them in the short ribs. But that, but, I mean, but I think that also goes to teaching and cueing. Like I, swim is not a word that I allow. You know, we've got overs and we've got unders. I, I'm at the point where once in a while I'll still say rip, but I, I try to say over and under just to cue that that mind. And one thing I really picked up from Rex Ryan was talking about taking that offhand and dropping it over the elbow of the offensive lineman. That way I'm not just popping up here and exposing all this and not gaining ground. Whereas if I'm going if I'm trying to escape and I'm going to that arm, now I've got a chance to really attack the bridge and pull that and pull myself through, turn my hips and then get into the gap. Right. Yeah. And I, 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 I'm almost at the point where we don't use rips too much because of what you talk about with being, you know, I say, okay, fit a rip in on me and I'll, I'll have them fit that, you know, get it, get, get, make sure you get all the way through there. Now get your hand up here by your ear. I'm, I'm doing all the cues that a coach would do for a good rip. I mean, I, I used to even have them, you know, really break it down, get on, go get on a knee and stand up throwing that rip, you know, to really get that feeling. I, and I do the same thing I would do when I was a player. I'd clamp down on that arm, tuck it in my armpit. I would drop step, put my hand on their hip and let, let's see, let's see if we can make you go back in half, you know? And they're like, do you feel that? They're like, yeah, I don't like that. You know, it's like, okay, well, if you're going to throw that rip, you better stay down super low and punch through it as you're gaining ground. Cause if you're not gaining ground with it, I'm, that guy's going to do this to you every time. And it, I know this would make a good debate at the bar at any coaching clinic, but I, I prefer, I prefer overs to almost everything just as far as, you know, our ability to escape. You know, if, if I'm really, if we're really working on locking and shedding, you know, if I shed into this, a lot of times I'll, that that'll give that offensive lineman something to grab onto. But if I shed into this while I'm turning my hips to get where I got to go, now it gets you over and past that offensive lineman and give guys a lot better chance to escape. You know, and I hear people saying, "Well, short guys can't. Short guys need to need to throw rips. They can't throw overs." Well, if you if you've got that offensive lineman based up and now you're throwing him. This is to me. This is the quickest thing that can happen, and then they're off of it. And then it, you know, it. We do it so much with our run stuff that it just transfers over to the pass all the way, you know, directly. And I mean, if I, it, but that's if I have a guy that has a good rip move and it's successful to him, 
I'm smart enough to know not to coach him out of doing something that's working for the guy. But right. if I've got, if I, if I see somebody throwing that, throwing that rip that, that just keeps getting stuck at the line of scrimmage with it, it's like, Hey, let's throw this over, throw this over, throw this over. And, and even on the magic sled, they'll, they'll, they'll get locked out. And then when they, I make them, when they shed off the sled, I make them gain at least two steps forward and and we progress it two steps forward and then i want you holding a fit then it's two steps forward then we got a moving person now i want you to move to them and fit on them then it's two steps forward now that guy's on the move with an agility bag and you better track the hip and roll it up you know and when they throw that rip they always get that shoulder shoulder pad caught on the bag and it and it and i say you see how you're getting caught on that and they're like yeah and then once they finally start doing it on a consistent basis, most of them, you know, keep with it. And, they, and you don't see too many rips anymore. But, yeah, when I, when I get a freshman kid, they're like, well, you want me to swim? And I'm like, are we near water? I don't, I don't need you swimming. I need a tight arm over. That's one thing I learned from Coach V. You know, he, he did a, a stint with the Carolina Panthers in the uh, – uh, I can't remember. It's the the program for black coaches, and spent a whole spent a whole season with those guys. And I think I well, I think it was like up to game three or something like that. But the whole summer camp and everything, and just hearing the kinds of cues, you know, stab stab grab. The the one I really like was jab ole. You know, and you could say, well, I need you to lock out, then I need you to flip your hips. And then I'm watching Coach V with the outside linebackers. He's just jab lay, and it's already it's already just the wording is getting them to do the action that you want, and and that's why like a lot of times I don't I, I don't say I'll, I'll say it when I'm introducing it, but instead of saying okay I need the over, I'm like drop the hand over the elbow, off hand over elbow, off hand over elbow, and I'll get them I'll I'll fit them up like that. Have a guy put a paw out like a defensive lineman you know, and, and just have them work on what to do with that offhand, depending on if it's high or low, and then just drop this hand right over the elbow and escape and get upfield. Now fit it for me. And it, it's really cool to see guys when they develop those hands and those techniques, and then all of a sudden they start making plays and they become a guy. And then when the, when the, the, the four-year guys come around and they say, hey, we like how that kid uses his hands, that just makes me smile from ear to ear. You know, it, it's to the point where I always have to be reminded by my head coach, my defensive coordinator to put a little more time into what we were doing with our pass rush. You know, because, I mean, you look at most defensive line coaches, that's all they want to work on. Mm-hmm. You know, they start they start practice with that. And my guys be like, well, they're doing pass rush stuff over there. Why don't I say, you know, you know, you don't get dessert until you eat your vegetables and you know, one of the lines that we've adopted that's really worked for us is you earn the right to rush that passer. And if you're not doing your job on first and second down, then you could have all the greatest pass rush moves in the world. But if, if it's, if it keeps getting to be first and 10, you're not going to get that, you know, you're going to get a two back set and they're just going to be pounding it down our throats. Right. No, I like, I like that because I always was taught the big arm. And I hated it, so I don't. When I coached D line, I didn't even bring it. I said it's got to be a rip, or you're just going to throw them off. 
But then what made me mad was in film or in the game, and I would remember every time they did it. Somehow they learned it all by themselves. And and they would try to do it, and they do this. Yeah. And, and I had to say, where did you learn that from? I didn't teach you. <laughs> I I really follow a lot of uh, – I don't know if you know Pete Jenkins. The sled, the, the sled's named after him because he helped design it. But Pete Jenkins was D-line coach for Saban when they wanted LSU – I think he was the D-line coach the first time they won it at Alabama. He's the guy that um, when Ogeron got the the SC head interim head job, he brought Pete in to go, come be the defensive line coach. Just guy's been all over the the SEC. Was the line coach for the Eagles. Um, oh dang! Now I forgot what was so cool about Pete Jenkins. Oh, he when. I watch all this stuff. I mean, there's some videos of of probably early 80s, you know, being at LSU or Alabama, and you see them running when they're doing their their swim move, their arms coming straight over the top and they're slamming it down. And I'll I'll show some of that stuff to my guys. I said, look, this look at the evolution of how this move has come. Back in the old days, they did teach that swim, you know, to just clear big body moving and let's clear it. I said, now look what it's progressed to. And you, and then you'll see the same guys, you know, in the two thousands or, or some Philadelphia Eagle tape. And, and that arm is the low. If the, if the arms here, if the offensive lineman's arms here, I just want it going just over the top so that you can make that move. And what I, and the kids really start to like it when they realize like, okay, you know, my hand, my hands are the most important part of this scenario right now. And we will do it against, you know, I, I wish I had the, the one I really liked was they have those ones where it goes into the tire with the cement and it's just a sled bag with the two arms sticking out of it, you know, so then mm-hmm. you can work forks and the moves and things like that. We, we do it against each other. Or sometimes I'll get it where uh, I'll put on the the arms on the pop-up bags so that they have to do that. But just work, you know, it's like, look, there's that arm. If your hand's up, if your hand's this high, that's wasted movement. Just put it right over, drop it down, and get where you got to go. And then you can correct me if I'm wrong again. When I played, you learned when you had a rip, you wanted to take this hand, bring it all the way here and smack them to get them off center, you know, and do that. Then when I started to coach, it's more of get your hands up and try to push him up a little bit, and you come right underneath. Because because when you kind of like offensive linemen, they want to bring some of them want to bring their arms back and then block. I'm like, you're wasting so much time doing this and wasting so much energy at the end of the day as the game goes on to do that. So defensive linemen, I said, here, push up. If you feel the pressure, push up and then come underneath. It's no longer like, why would you bring your arm all the way back and club in my in the way my mind rolls? Definitely. I and I, I'm not a I'm not a that that's been philosophical conversations I've had with coaches too. You know, you get those coaches that, you know, just make a fist and you're just trying to pound across and throw something off of that. I I really like we call we call them forks, you know, just like you were saying. If if I'm gonna throw the rip with this hand, then I'm gonna take, I'm gonna try to put I it used to be where we would throw the forks up, you know, mm-hmm. to try to take that offensive lineman's arm up and over. Now I'm almost at the point where I'm telling my guys, just push it, 
you know, it, it's going to go, you want it to go up a little bit, but instead of it being way up here, just push it a little bit up and across. And then now you can, you know, throw the T off of that or throw the over off of that. And just really, really teach them what to do. I think that outside hand, you know, everybody's doing long arm stuff now where they're punching with the inside hand. And we do that too. But I really think what guys are doing with their outside hand is really going to determine if that pass rush is going to be successful or not. Because if I, you know, a lot of times if I if I come inside with that long arm, you know, they're going to clamp down on it and hold the crap out of it. Well, now if I can push and pull it out and do something with it, I like it. I, I even really like using the rip, you know, just kind of like bait. Let them bite on it and then pop it out and throw it over the top. And I, one of the things that's really worked for me was doing things like that. I teach it. I tell them to punch. So if they've got that rip in and they're throwing the counter off of that, flip the hips, pop it out and punch yourself through. And they, they really like that. Cause you know, it just, it feels good. It feels a little violent for them. And I used to even say, it's like, imagine there's like a little parrot on that guy's shoulder and I punch the crap out of that parrot. But Kids don't know what parrots are anymore. Um, but just finishing through because that that punch off of that, you know, just like, you know, you're throwing it, – it's that over. But if I'm punching through that, it's going to drive me through that blocker and get momentum going to where I need to be instead of staying at the line. And, and you know, you can have great hand moves, but if you're not moving your feet, then nothing's happening. That's, that's probably – one of the biggest things that I have to remind myself every time we go do one-on-ones, it's, you know, you always want to look at what they're doing with their hands, but there, there are days where I'll just say, you guys, you guys coach each other up on what we're doing with the hand. I'm just watching feet today. I'm screaming about feet and run into the quarterback or whoever's back there playing QB in that drill. Just run your feet, run your feet, run your feet, run your feet, be violent, run your feet. Like, well, coach, you want me to throw this move, this move, this move? So run your feet, be violent. And then you figure out, have a plan about what move you want to, you know, right now you should know what move you want. But even then, you know, we're going up against our own guys every day at practice, and I have to remind them, one, what what type of pass protection are they working on? Because we, we sometimes, you know, really well-coached offensive lines in, in our league and the people we play against – in, a, in one game, they could be running three different types of pass pro. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Choose from a great selection of digital coupons and use them up to five times in one transaction. Check our app for details. Baker's, fresh for everyone. You know, it could be all man, it could be man slide, it could be all slide, and 
they're they're going to do it based off formation and play and what's working for them. And we'll I'll, and I'll cheat it up because I know what I know what our offensive line coach is working on that day. And we'll get I'll let him get a rep in. And it's like because we'll try to go two reps in a row then move down the line. And okay, look at what he's doing. Is he quick setting? Is he kicking? Is he is he stepping inside and punching? What is he doing? Well, he's quick setting. Okay, well, what kind of moves would you use against that quick set? You know, running two steps upfield with your hands down here, that quick set's going to get you every time. So mm-hmm. now you got to be ready to fight those hands off the line right now. You know, whether it be – that's the other thing. I get noses that all want to do that double swipe. It's like, no, you don't get to do the double swipe. You're in the middle of the funk. Only the three – only the – to me – only the three technique gets to do that fun move, you know, because he's in a position usually with a one-on-one with the tackle not coming down to help. Right. You know, you, get a, you know, you get a defensive end doing that. He's double swiping, and now next thing you know, he's three yards outside the loop, nowhere near the quarterback. Right. Um, there was someone going to say, and I completely forgot. Well, that that was the thing I tried to teach these kids last year was with their hips. But it turned into when they were so worried about their hands, their hips would be so far out when they tried to – they really like jumped like a basketball player to do it. Like they're jumping away from the offensive lineman. And, again, I have to teach them, you're helping him when you do that. What do you mean? Like I'm getting away from him to get up the field. And I was like, you're going a yard back or two. Now you're far away. The offensive lineman can adjust to where you're going and go to block you. So I got to stay close to him. I said, yes, when you get through, your hips are coming right by him to get up the field to just even show yourself to make the quarterback or running back, like go the other way. But I'm an idiot. they didn't know. They were like, <laughs> they tried to do their own thing. And I'm like, yeah. it's really simple. It just takes a lot of reps. But I'm like, you're doing this on, it, it was always in games. It wasn't in practice was perfect. The game shows up. They watched Dwight Franey the night before or something. I was like, well, I'm going to do this instead or something. Oh. They all want to be Khalil Mack. Um, I, I, one of the things, and I, I picked this up um, watching some old Seattle film when Dwayne Board, the old, the 49er great, was the defensive line coach. He would just have, they were jogging right at him. He was standing on a line and he had, and he had a glove on, you know, for hand stuff. And they were jogging on the line. And when they get close, he would just throw a punch at their shoulder and they just had to work on taking the shoulder away and turning the hips. The thing that I find that I got to really coach the snot out of is my guys do a good job of turning their hips and staying close, but then they're really slow taking that step with the inside foot to get through. It's like, okay, you took your hips away, but you're still on the same level as that offensive lineman. I need you to throw, throw the hip step, throw the hip step, throw, and we'll, I'll, I'll space the pop-ups out, you know, five, six yards apart, and they just have to jog at that pop-up and work on throwing the hips and stepping through because I'll make them weave. And it, and the hip stuff, we we do a lot like I'll do it on the cans, I'll do it on the pop-ups, do that drill where you make the kids stand in a line every five yards and they got to flip the hips down the line, move everybody up. <coughs> Excuse me. I think, you know, that's a – I use those things as conditioners in the off-season, you know, where maybe – space the bags out 10 yards apart and they got a jog flip, jog flip. That way they're getting their cardio going, but still working some kind of technique. And 
but it's it's flip and step, flip and step, flip and step. I, I've even seen a drill where we'll get on the hoops and just put that inside foot forward in a in a in a lunge position, and it's just little step, big step, little step, big step, little step, big step, just so that and make them go around the hoop once or twice in each direction, just to get them you know used to being in that that lunged out position. But now you got to take that little take that little step with the back foot so that you can get through with the front foot. Uh, it's pass rush is a, it's a crazy thing. You know, you get, you only get a little bit of time to affect the quarterback. And if, if you get a line with six inch splits, that makes it a little rough to get it moving and get in. You got to get creative, you know, with the games and the things like that. It's it, but just like at the pros, everybody, you know, oh, well, look, they can't generate a pass rush. It's like, well, generating a pass rush is not the easiest thing to do as a group. And and it's also one that the everybody else doesn't have much patience for. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like like I said, everybody else can can make five mistakes in a row. It's like, ah, oh, we're gonna get it. But you know, you go you go two series without getting much heat on the quarterback, all of a sudden all hope is lost and we're not doing our jobs. It's like we'll get there. Don't worry, we'll get there. But but I also think too is is that's when you really got to start focusing on making them fully aware of football players. It's like okay, I've come with this pass rush. I'm not near the quarterback. Well, now I need to get my eyes up and play volleyball at the line of scrimmage. You know, not stop. I'm still putting pressure on. But when I if if you get guys if they can time it right, you know, most quarterbacks throw any of those they throw those crossing routes real real low. And if you get a guy that's rushing, if he gets his eyes up, and then when when the ball when that hand comes off the ball, gets get something up and affect it, you know, because we'll we'll I'll tell them to leave their feet if they're engaged with an offensive lineman on you know near the line of scrimmage. It's like okay, now I want you to jump, but be aware that while, as soon as your feet leave the ground, that offensive lineman is probably going to try to give you a pop in the chest and see how far he can make you go backwards. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it doesn't look good. But if we're, you know, if it's one of those things like we really need, you know, we're we're up by we're up by five and there's a minute left on the clock and they're driving and throwing the ball. It's like, look, you better jump off the ground at the line of scrimmage and don't worry about where you land, knock that ball down. Whereas if we're in space closing on the quarterback, you know, I just tell them get a hand up and keep driving. There what was uh was it I think it was the net it was either a national championship game or one of the playoff games last weekend. Somebody, one of the quarterbacks ducked it and just did a pump fake and made the, you know, the guy had four inch, four foot vertical leap, but he's out in space and he jumped and, you know, the quarterback scrambles for 15 more yards mm-hmm. where it's like, just get a hand up and close it. But I, but I definitely think that pass rush is a, is a two part, uh, three part deal, you know, Working on closing down, throwing a move on the guy in front of you, then working on getting your hands up and affecting the ball when he throws it, then getting on pursuit and chasing it down after the ball's thrown. That's that's one that dudes will be standing next to me, if, you know, when the ball's thrown and they're not running like hell to the ball because pursuit. If we grade we grade pursuit every practice and every game. They get a pursuit grade, you know, as a percentage. You know, group pursuit, team pursuit, and it's on our grading sheets for games so that every kid, here, here's how I feel about you about pursuit. And, 
you better run your butt off. Um, my friend is the defensive coordinator at Rose Holman Institute. It's a Division three school in Indiana. And I had him on here, and he was telling me, I want a fast defense because you know defense is the only side where they all run to the ball, right? And I said, one, he goes, your offensive linemen ain't running to the ball when it's down the field. They're jogging or walking. My defensive linemen are sprinting to that ball because if it fumbles, who's going to pick it up? The guy's coming right behind. So he's like, I want fast players because he runs like a he, what does he run like an odd man front? But he'll get a two man front sometimes. He wants speed. And he was taking me to school on my offensive lineman, pushing my buttons a little bit. He was like, Your lineman ain't running down there. My defense lineman are running here. Like that's why I want the fastest athletic guys out there for that reason. I, yeah, I you know, and and I think I, I definitely would be in the same philosophy of. If I was coaching offensive line, you know, you you better I better see you going full out until the whistle, you know, because you might get down there and and you might the offensive lineman might recover the fumble, or the offensive lineman might break that second level block that gets somebody going for a touchdown, you know, just run run move. I, I think anytime you catch a kid not moving on a football field. Number one, it it show it doesn't show effort. Two, now the chances of that kid getting injured go way, way up. Here at the Coach Steve Show podcast, we're very excited for our new sponsor for the show, the Launchpad Kickoff Tee. Pretty exciting that they wanted to sponsor the podcast and very um, excited for the opportunity to be sponsored by them. Um, the Launchpad Kickoff Tee is a very unique kickoff tee. It's, there's nothing like it. It is created so that way you can place the football however you want it. You want it to stand up higher. It can stand up higher. If you want it you know, to make it down lower to make the football be kicked off and go farther, it can do that. You want to place it to the side. You want it to stand straight up however you want. You could put it upside down if that's the thing. However you want, the Launchpad Kickoff Tee can let you do that. So if you're a coach and you have a younger guy or a developing kicker who is not reaching the end zone at all times, this is the perfect kickoff tee for you. The reason is that it gives a coach a strategic options on squibs and onside kicks that were never available before. This kickoff tee is legal for the NCAA use and for all high schools at the National Federation High School Association. The Launchpad Kickoff Tee, it is a game changer, guys. Having one here is a complete game changer. Check out the videos that they've posted. It's it's amazing stuff to see what the kickers can do once they get this and get the kicking down and use this tee. So for now, what I need you to do, if you're interested in looking at it and going to buy one, please go to launchpadkickofftee.com slash CSS. And when you buy the one tee, Use the code CSS to get 10% off. But also, there are other options using the same link. If you want to buy two, you can get 25% off. If you think you need more and want to go buy the four-pack option, you can buy three and get one of them for free. So go to launchpadkickofftee.com slash CSS and use the code CSS and go get this game-changing kickoff tee for all you kickers and you coaches today. You know, it's even when I'm in drills around offensive linemen, if I see, hey, keep moving your feet, keep moving your feet, I'll get and I'll say every I'll do it like every everybody move your feet because the minute somebody stops moving their feet, then that knee is suspect. 
and you right. might even with a brace on and you're just your chances of getting injured go way down if you're giving full effort and moving your feet i i had a guy who you know didn't do that on a regular basis i'm like and he would throw he, in games he'd be fine but at practice he throttled down a lot i'm like that's going to cost you and he you know you ask him you say i jinxed him but you know that same practice he somebody rolled into his knee and he and he sprained his knee thank god he didn't tear anything but all the way but he's like coach you jinxed me i'm like no you didn't listen <laughs> if you if you would have kept moving your feet Odds are you'd still be in right now and instead of hobbling over to the sideline. I just I, – I can't stand that. Right. But I also think that, you know, you get some coaches that almost, well, you know, offensive linemen, they're big, they're this, they're that. It's like, okay, but they're just as important position group as anybody else on the field. So they need to be in shape and they need to be moving around and they need, and they need to have great effort. I mean, why, why not? Why do that to not give great effort? Right. I tell my linemen when we're, uh, this, I'm at a new school since June, but if we're run blocking, the ball goes past us. Yeah, you can kind of stop because that's going to be a holding call. If you just continue and that guy's churning, it's going to be a holding call. Now, you don't let go, but if the ball's gone, you see it, they churn, but you're jogging that way. Does that have to be a fall dead sprint, but you're moving that way? Why? Because what if all of a sudden we want to go fast? What if all of a sudden they fumble it, like you said? We're moving. If you're walking, you're going to stand by me and get me water, and I want three ice cubes. <laughs> or maybe I want Gatorade. I don't know. I'm a jerk. I, I That's what my old – I turned 30 in November. But I have some of the old school. So, like, that's the old school in me. Like, you know, I did that when I was an OC in high school. I was like – I said that to a I was like, go get me water, three ice cubes. He goes, you didn't want to run the route hard. And that's the old school. I'm like, that's what you're going to do. And then I, I've quickly learned like days of gassers and stuff are disappearing because if you practice fast, that's their conditioning. You can make the practice conditioning. Definitely. And then if they don't do something, you can make them run a lap or do whatever. But sometimes you just take it away from them. Like if it's a starter, well, you're going to stand over there and this guy's going to go in and you're going to stand next to me. And then it, it sh- it's supposed to snap them out of it. So I've adapted from old school of like, you're going to run until I'm tired. Now it's like, now you're going to stand by me and watch <laughs> that guy take your job. Heck yeah. I, we always, there's always a point in the season where, you know, physical and mental fatigue sitting in on everybody. And I'll, I'll get a guy who's, even if he's a, a, a tough as nails guy who plays every snap of every game, if he, if something goes bad and like a, a scout team period, take a hike, kid, get on out. And I I think it does two things. It wakes them up. It gives that other guy a little opportunity that may feel like, Hey, you know, when am I going to get my chance? And then it's like one of those ones. Okay. You're so, you're so mentally and physically tired. Take these five minutes off and let this other guy. And then, and then when we go, uh, the one that kills him is sometimes we'll go, five live rep because we don't go once we're in season mode we we don't go live live very much you know we'll do a lot of thud but just as far as like a, a full-on live against the offense we just don't do it a lot you know it's not worth it to take your skill guys to the ground like that and mm-hmm. you don't want to hurt your hurt your dudes but if if they're if i see it sometimes we'll go we'll go those five live I'll, and i'll 
I'll say, all right, what if I got a guy or two? Take this one off. And they're looking at me like, but coach, we never do this. We never do this. I guess you're never, never doing it. <laughs> give, it <laughs> give it a try next time. I miss that. I, I, God, it, I haven't been on campus with those guys since. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Start a journey, not a fad. Kick off your fitness journey with up to $500 off Peloton Bike, Bike Plus, or Tread packages. Choose the package that will take your training to the next level with accessories like our cycling shoes, heart rate band, non-slip grip dumbbells, and more. Join now and you'll see why 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All access membership separate. Offer ends January 8th, 2023. Excludes Bike, Bike Plus, and Tread Basics. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. The season ended. Wow. We've, it's, it's, yeah, it's the great, because when they were doing the conditioning, it was during the morning while I'm teaching. And there was, there was one day I put, I put all my classes. I told them the day before, it's like, all right, I'm not going to be here. Here's the assignment. Go on to the Google, Google Classroom, put your name in, and I'll take role like that. This day. I'd set all my classes like that up so I could go to Laney and at least go to one of them. And it was one that they weren't going that day because it was right before the break. And I'm like, God, dog. <laughs> Got some extra chores done around the house. But I, it hopefully, hopefully – the the talk is is that we might be back doing what we do in February if the powers that be let us, but it's changing it's changing week to week and I, I'm at the point where I don't even I'm, I'm I can't even get excited about it anymore. I believe it when I see it. Kind of a deal. Yep, we're we're in the same boat. February fifteenth, first practice is what. They they made four seasons out of it. So in the fall they had swimming, cross country, and tennis. Then it was winter, basketball and wrestling. And then it would be the spring, which is football, soccer, volleyball. Then the summer, which would be track, baseball, softball. We got through the track and feet or the cross country and swimming. We haven't done basketball yet. Still sitting here. And you know, I was excited when they came out with them. I'm like, oh, we have a plan. Here we go. And then now it's January. And I'm like, I, my gut is telling me something. And it's this, I'm like, you like, I'm excited for football. But that's like the more this goes on, I'm like, I'll be excited when the green light shows on and I'm walking on the field and wearing a helmet. Like at that point, I'm like, that's where I'm looking at. Yeah. And, and the, the bad part about this was, is, you know, we were all chomping at the bit to be able to get back to football with no cameras around. I mean, it was it was a great experience to you know for all of the the fifteen seconds that I'm on the show, but it it was a great experience for the program and for Coach Beam and the kids that that got highlighted, and and wouldn't trade that for anything. But it it's nice it's it's a way 
it's a, a much more competitive. Well, not competitive, but just we got a lot more done when the cameras weren't around. You know, it just it's it's they're they're really good about staying out of the way, and they're really but you know it you you become a lot more guarded. You know, because you didn't want something some crazy thing that you that comes out of your practice. You might not want it on camera for everybody to see forever. And the and the funny part was if if I would if I could go back knowing having seen the show and everything, I would have lost my shit a lot more and <laughs> and gone back to doing all the things. You know, I didn't change who I was, but you just when the cameras are around, you're definitely on your better behavior. Right. And, you know, and I think one of the things that makes football fun are those crazy moments where you know, the things you get to say to each other at practice or the wild things that happen, and it didn't happen as much with the cameras. Around. And then it's like, all right, the cameras are gone. We get to get back to doing exactly what it is we do. And then this, all this crap goes down and, and no no love. Yeah, people listening, if you heard Langley College and you're like, what is that? It was the last chance you season five school. Um because I talked to a coach from Independence and I asked him, I said, what was it like coaching with the cameras? Because he wasn't a big person on there either. You could just, he was talk here and there, but he wasn't like a highlighted coach. He said that it gave him social anxiety at first with them around. Because kind of like what you said, he was like, I have to watch what I say. My mom's going to hear this or somebody back home is going to hear this. It's nationalized, televised. People are going to hear it. Then he said the longer it went on, it was just like, Oh, the cameras are here. It was nothing. It was just kind of like yeah. I have to do what I do. With that, that was always our conversation. You know, it's like we would always say we didn't know which one was worse: was knowing that the cameras are there or forgetting they were there. <laughs> you know, because then, it, then it's just like, and we'd pat each other down like we're in the mafia. We're work, looking for informants because people, I was never mic'd up at practice, but they would put they would. They put the little mic, they tape it to your under your shirt here, and then you'd have the little pack on. You know, you're sitting there talking to your buddy at practice, and all of a sudden you just have to reach out and pat him on the chest. You know, and it's like if you felt that mic, you'd be like, all right, get away from me. Get out of here. And then you find out that they have like these, what are they called? Parabolic mics or whatever they are, where that like one of the guys finally said, We could pick up a conversation from anywhere on this field if we want to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Or the sniper cam, they would. They had this one, you know. They'd have the guys with the with the harnesses walking around with the cameras, and then they'd have another guy that was on like this hoverboard with a with a seat on it, with the camera on. That guy, we just wait for. We were always waiting for him to crash. He comes zipping by. We're like, is he going to crash today? <laughs> Almost like we were hoping for it. You know, it's like I hope he's okay, but I hope he crashes. But. <laughs> They would have these cameras that they would pluck in the end zone, you know, and it, it almost looked like a big, like military gun, and they could catch anything, anywhere, anytime. And then, you know, it's like you lose one, or you're sitting there talking to somebody, and you're just like, ah, oh. you know, you have a little negative moment, and you're like, oh god, I hope that doesn't, I hope they didn't catch that. I like mean, I conversations. Yeah. Oh. Oh yeah, I I. We had we had and he was one of my guys. It was a cold day. We had a we had an early practice, and he comes out with sweats over his football pants. And you know what? 
I, if you have a hoodie on under your pads, fine. You obviously don't love that hoodie. It's not an important sweatshirt to you right. because you're wearing it. But I don't care about that. You know, if it's cold, wear long sleeves. I'm not one of those guys that's like, you got to do it. But if you're putting shorts or pants on over your football pants and pads, this is not this is not acceptable. Mm-hmm. And, and he starts co- – and they were cow sweats. And the coach – the first coach that told him to, hey, why don't you take those off – is one of our DB coaches who played it, who was a star at Cal. So it's like if the Cal guy is taking you to take the tell you to take the Cal sweats off, you might want. And he barked back at the coach and started kind of having a meltdown fit. And it, I mean, it was one of my better cuss outs. But <laughs> it's it's one of those ones you get done, and it's like, oh my god, I hope this is not how I'm going to be remembered. But then I had to I had to explain I took so much ribbon from my friends. It's like, so do you even coach football or you just hang out at the bar? Because any of the scene, any of the scenes I'm really in is is us hanging out at the bar after a game or practice. It's like, no, I, that was that was like a few occasions where they that's what they decided to use. It's like I'm a football coach. Don't worry about it. I mean, I can hang out at the bar and have a beer with the best of them, but I'm a football coach first. And it's just like a craziness. And I, I can't wait to get back to it, not to not having all that. Because the other thing he said was, because not a lot of his stuff showed up either, but he was like, that way almost made it worse. You didn't know what they were going to use. So it was like, you could do coach that way, but then it's almost worse. Like, are they going to use it? And then yeah. like, or like, it's going to be taken out of context. It's just going to be one of those things where they slide it in. Like, because watching all of them, if something's going bad, you know, like a lot of these seasons, teams you know if they lose a game or two then they start throwing things in they're like that was not even during that week i remember brown said that about independence he was like one of the scenes they showed it wasn't even that week but they put it in the next week like they just had to show it oh they they can edit it to make it look like whatever you want it to look at like i (laughs) that and that was i i don't want to say it's not like the madden cover curse but I mean, we had a phenomenal dream season to to win the state championship and to get them out there. And then the the biggest hope is is like I hope that we have a group of guys in a situation that puts that shows the program in the best light possible and shows us being successful. And I, if if some guys on offense would have stayed healthy, that we would have I feel like we would have been in that position. But to have you know two quarterbacks go down and and one guy take off, take off, you know there was there was a third string guy who finally would have got the chance to do something, but at that point he he felt so unloved he's like that he walked away from his opportunity, and Dior did a phenomenal job filling in, you know but Dior hadn't played quarterback since high school, and you know between the timing and the things that that he needs to have and the type of offense we could run. It, it limited things. But, I mean, that being said, we – what was a – I can't remember. It's so far out of my head. I think a five – six and four, five and five year, you know, could have very easily been a like a one and nine, two and eight kind of thing if we didn't have the coaches and the guys playing that we did. But if everybody would have stayed healthy, that would have been a, that would have been a very competitive team. 
But what's funny is what you're talking about is, you know, Dior being so up up front with the show, you know, kind of becoming the breakout guy. He got an advanced copy of it to watch and it, it was watermarked and everything or not whatever, like a video mark to so they couldn't dub it and put it out. They, if Or if they did, they would know exactly who did it and mm-hmm. they'd get in trouble. But I, I texted Dior and I said, hey, you, have you watched it? And he's like, yeah. I said, did I do anything stupid? <laughs> he's like, no, coach, you're okay. And then I had to re- really think about it even more. It's like, well, what's what's not stupid to Dior might be really stupid to me. Right, like, well, did, you should have been like, did I yell and curse and do this? Like, did did that not matter to you, or <laughs> that's gonna make me look bad for some reason? Like, no doubt. Did anybody catch me karate kicking something? No, but and I and I I watched it with my family, and and I, it's it's it was almost like like a horror movie where I had my hand over, you know, looking through the peeking through my fingers. It's like, okay, 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 and thank God it. it you know, showed everybody in a positive light, you know, that, it, and that was one of the things about the show that I, I didn't realize that they were going to go in the direction of less, you know, it really wasn't, that show really wasn't too much about football as it was more about, you know, life, life in Oakland and, and surviving and struggling, which is all part of football. But I, I was, I was for some reason expecting it to be more of moments on the field, you know, because they were out there so much filming so many things that there were moments like, Oh, that's gotta make it. And that'll be a great moment. And and it doesn't make it. They went out and the crew went out and spent a whole day with coach Ramos at his, at his house and, and with his family and not one second of that made it, you know, and we've just chalked it up to that. It didn't fit the narrative that they wanted to to tell with that season. You know, the narrative was here are these guys that have opportunities and these are the hurdles that they have to jump through to get those opportunities. And it was a great story, but I, because having watched, I, I haven't watched all of the other, all the episodes of the other seasons, but I've watched some of them and, they, you know, those other seasons, they showed them warts and all, you know, mm-hmm. and and I was like, the, and that that led to the nervousness about what was going to get caught on camera because there's plenty of moments. I mean, they have enough film and moments of that to where they could probably come up with a whole nother season, you know, and make it a, and make it a totally different story, you right. know, about, about us just being not wild and crazy, but just all the, all the, the hilarious wild stuff that goes on during a football practice and the things that get said to people and, and the yelling and screaming and the jokes and all that. And you didn't see much of that, but I, I will tell you that if Dior would have been a defensive player, we would have taught him that the the seat in his Explorer folded down and he could have just, he could have just slept in the back instead of sleeping on the bench. <laughs> Yeah, because I think I thought of that too when I first watched it. I was like, why is he doing that? The seats fold down. <laughs> like the asshole in me. I was like, wait a minute. But it's funny you, you brought that up because now that I think about the season, I'm like, yeah, they showed a lot of Oakland, talked a lot about this, a lot about that. 
I wonder if it's because all of the other seasons were all about football. So I'm like, what if we did this instead? Like from a Hollywood standpoint, like yeah. let's change it up a little bit because you just came from Coach Brown and Independence, this wild and crazy in the middle of the cornfields talking about football. And now we got this. So Hollywood, why yeah. they probably did that? Well, that's – and, you know, you you started – and Coach Beam is – he's a, he's an over-the-top character. You know, it same intensity, different flavor than Coach <laughs> You know, but it just just one of those guys, I tell it like it is, and he'll, he'll, he'll knock you down a peg or two at any moment, so watch out. I, I think that, you know, the first couple – the first couple episodes, you didn't see too much of that. And then, and then they started kind of putting it in as the season, the episodes in the season progressed, they started putting in a little more of that. So you start hearing the things that get said, you know, in, in the beginning, it was like, okay, Dior, you're having anxiety here. Talk to my wife. She's a therapist. You know, and then towards the end, it's like, you're having anxiety, shut your ass up and get in there and, and play football. You're fine. We're, we've been, we've been cradling you way too much. You know, which is more of how it is anywhere in football, but especially at Laney. You know, there were we we care about their mental health, and we've always we've always been there because you know at community college you get you either get guys that are super squared away but undersized, or you get guys that fit the mold for everything else but aren't squared away at all, and and some of them are hanging by a thread, and. You know, I'm I'm not – if somebody's sitting there on the ledge thinking about jumping, I'm the last guy that will walk by and just push them over. But it, it's one of those ones like, you know, you, you give them tough love and you, you try to get them prepared for everything that's coming their way and tell them like, hey, this is life, man. You got to you gotta do your thing. I, I mean, I, I remind them. It's like I drive, I drive an hour to be here. I work all day and then I drive – I drive an hour to be here and then I drive an hour home and and I'm, we're spending time away from our family and our friends to be here with you. So you better get your head out of your butt and get going and, and start producing, you know, and that, and that was one that, you know, we had guys like Timmy, Timmy probably would have been on that show a lot more if he wouldn't have run into that string of, of not, you know, he got kicked out of the game. He got suspended and, there were there were some moments where Timmy got Timmy and well I got banished along with Timmy. <laughs> we we got at Laney. There's the there's the stadium with the field turf where we practice, and then up top there's a grass field where they would do that's they have a the discus hammer rings up there, and it's just when we play when we play grass teams, we'll go up there and do drills during the week. You know, and, and Timmy was in some tr- some big time trouble with Coach Beam, and he said, "All right, Timmy's going to go run." And I I go I was going over to my little corner of the world where we are. No, no, Timmy's running up on the grass field. You're going up there too because he wasn't too happy with me. And we're we're banished up to the grass field, and I'm I'm just he run down, touch the fence, run back, get some advice. Run down, touch the fence, run back, get some life advice. And they were filming all of that, and I thought. That I mean, to me, it's like that's what the show should be about is you get a guy that's making mistakes and trying to find some redemption. And Timmy just flew off to uh, Eastern Tennessee State on a full ride scholarship, you know, and for a while there during that season, it was touch and go if Coach Bean was going to even let him stay on the team. 
and we were all lobbying for I was lobbying enough to where, you know, he's coach is telling me to shut the F up, you know, and, and let and don't worry about it. And I but I, I worry about my guys and I, I want them. I'm a big believer in second chances, you know, mm-hmm. even, even third chances. It's like it's like when you hear Nick Saban talking, it's like a guy gets in trouble. And where do you want him to be? Do you want him to be here with us? getting counseled, getting, you know, working on becoming a better person? Or do you want that kid out on the streets with all kinds of anger and bitterness and time on his hands to go do whatever? And I mean, I, I think there's a time where if somebody, if somebody's behavior is detrimental to the program and what's going on, then I, I agree that that that's something that sometimes people got to go, but if it, you know other things, let's just let's punish them. Let's take take things away and make them work hard to gain them back and you give them a chance. And that's the part that just broke my heart was, you know, he Timmy overcame all that, and then his first game back, he punches that kid and gets thrown out. And and once again, I, I mean, I I get what it means for the narrative of the show, but there's there's a moment where all of us are sitting there talking, you know. I'm talking to him right when he got off and let and and trying to try. I mean, getting on him, but letting him know, you know, here's here's where you're messing up. Here's where you got to do it different. And those moments didn't make it on the show. And I, 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 I don't feel bad because it's like I didn't get my camera time. It's like I feel bad because those are those are teachable moments that I think every high school player and and coach and even college level players and coaches could benefit from seeing it's like, well, this is, this is what happened to him. This is how they dealt with it. This is the fallout from it instead of just kind of leaving things out there and not spoken on too much. Right. Like I would have loved to have seen that because I thought of that with the other seasons, like you see this coach and stuff, but what happens when they bring him underneath their arm and talking to him? And I would have liked to have seen stuff like that. Like, I don't know. That's Hollywood, I guess. Like they're like, oh, we got to get people to watch it. But yeah. like us coaches would watch it though. Like we all would watch it. Oh yeah. I mean, I I'm a I'm a big I'm a big fan of of why you know. Okay, let's watch you deal with it because then that that's that's something that's in the back of my head now. For if that's if I find myself in a similar situation, you know, it's like okay, I like I like how they dealt with it this way. Maybe I would have done this different because. I mean, you coach long enough, the same types of situations keep coming up again and again and again. You know, a guy, a guy does this, you know, misses practice. His grand, his grandmother passed away for the ninth time, or, you know, those kinds of things that come up and, and to see other programs and coaches deal with it. I think it makes, makes everybody better. You know, it's like going to a clinic and, you know, and seeing, I get better by, by, Okay, these are the drills you do. These are the schemes you run. But I, I'm a a huge believer in. Well, how do you talk to your kids? What do you say to them in these situations? How do you how do you respond to them when they do this? Because that's that's where the real coaching gold is. Because right. that's what we're, that's one of the main reasons we're here is to set them on the right path for life through football. You know, it's not just. It's not just football I care about. I when those when those kids get their degrees, I'm I'm the first one to celebrate. 
with them and oh, but they suck. All I ever ask for is a shirt and they never bring me a shirt. <laughs> they all they all get they all get these scholarships and they go places like look, I don't need a backpack, I don't need a jacket, I don't need a sweatshirt, I don't need any of the fan just get me a t-shirt. Okay, coach, I got you. I got you. And then they come back around. They're like, "Oh, coach, I did. Oh, I had one, but my uncle took it or oh, I forgot." It's in in all the years I've been doing this, I've gotten two shirts. And one was from an offensive lineman who <laughs> went to New Mexico. He's like, "Here, coach. I got this for you because, you know, we, I used to coach special teams a lot at that time and I I was coaching PAT when he was on it and I I I always have a great relationship with the offensive linemen, you know, just because we do so much stuff with them and I understand and they all freak out when they find they're like, Oh coach, you wouldn't understand you're a defensive line coach. I'm like, Hey Dodo, I played offensive line in college. I mean, I don't walk around with a shirt saying I played O line in college. And then once they find that out, they're like, I become like a little bit cooler in their head. And, and just, and that way when, having those relationships with the kids that way if, if somebody cut blocks in a in a pass pro drill it's like you know instead of us not really having that if i if he if that kid knows i'm pissed about that he knows it's like well i'm coach coughlin's pissed about that because he's he's worried about his guy and those aren't the kinds of things we do in practice and if you're going to cut we need to know that going in you know i mean i i i also agree with the be ready for anything but it, it's one of those deals like, hey, we have a we have that gentleman's agreement that we're not going to do those things at practice. Mm-hmm. All that to say, those ingrates don't bring me shirts. <laughs> I'm just you know, I'm feel bad for you. Like, I'm going to get him a shirt because the D line's not getting him shirts. So I'm going to bring him one. <laughs> you know, and, and I tell them all, it's like, I, I want people, I say, I will wear this shirt in public. And somebody will say, oh, you know. Oregon State football, and I will tell people that I know you, and I will tell them all about you. Right. And it's advertising for the school, like, hey, look at this. I know. I don't think of it that way. I even text them guilt texts, and they still don't bring me one. <laughs> um, it's funny you brought up Coach Beam because I watched the other one with Brown, and then when I did show Coach Beam yelling, I'm like, oh, he's going to get crucified just like Brown. And it never did because his is a little different. And I was like, thank God. Oh, yeah. Because I, I loved it. I, I had nothing wrong with it. Like, again, I have nothing wrong with it. Nothing bothers me. And I was like, oh, he's going to get crucified on social media and this and that. And he never did. And I was like, thank goodness. Because he looks like a really good coach. It was hearts in the right place. Who cares how he was saying this? Like, it was fine. Yeah, it <sighs> – you know, there's there's two sides to coach, and I'm sure it's probably the same way with Coach Brown. Although with with any time I see interviews or anything like that with Coach Brown, I really got to know him when I um, I saw him on a podcast with Theo Vaughn, the comedian, and it, and it's like it's a podcast I'd normally watch, and then it's like oh well he's got Coach Brown on it, and 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 I got to learn a lot more about him on that than by watching the games. You know, but that he's pretty much that same same guy all the time. And it and it's with Coach Beam, you get a guy who on one hand it can be super smooth and be the the have the right solutions for situations and bring people together and and 
work the politics and just do all these things. And you're like, wow, that's really smooth. And then, and then you get coach beam where it's just like, he's staring a hole through you and saying some crap that hurts your feelings. And it's like, but, but at least you get the smooth guy sometimes too. So when you get, you get your soul ripped out of you, you don't feel as bad. Right. It's, he's going to wear many hats. So he might do that in a little bit later. He's nice and nice and smooth. He's not tearing it out anymore, but that's oh, good. Yeah. Well, but I mean like any of the school officials, cause it's the same way with the, with, any public school institution it's you know you say one cuss word there's some administrator somewhere that's like i can't believe you said that well it's like well then you've obviously never been a football coach and and there there were some gruff there was a little bit of gruff you know like hey the language on this wasn't but it's like okay there was some language on this but but look at laney not just laney athletics or the laney football site Look at Laney College's site. Laney College's site just got a thousand or a million more hits this year than last year because of the the show, you know. And and people people are taking classes at Laney College now because of the show because they can take online class now. All classes are online, so it doesn't matter. But it's like look at the publicity that the school got and the city of Oakland, you know, in a time where. All the all the sports news coming out of Oakland was bad, you know. The Raiders are leaving, the Warriors are leaving, and and Oakland's a great sports town. I mean, when I was a little kid, going to going to Raiders games and A's games was just such a different experience than going to a 49er game or a Giants game. I mean, they're they're all awesome getting to see, but just the the passion of the fans and the way that the town embraces the sports is awesome and for and and it's it always pisses me off like those they'll, they'll show a they would show a Raiders game on TV and the and when they're going to commercial the view would be Oakland looking at San Francisco and oh here's the Bay Bridge here's Alcatraz here's the the Transamerica building that everybody knows and it's like well there there's some beautiful parts of Oakland mm-hmm. why not why not turn the camera the other way. And for some reason that's never happened. You know, even like the warriors, they, they, you'd never see things that would recognize the town that supported them. I mean, I can remember when you could get into a warriors game for five bucks because nobody wanted to go and they, they were, they were horrible and, and you could get, you could get in no matter what. And then it became the, the biggest show in town and then all of a sudden they took that big show and went across the water over to San Francisco and made it 10 times harder to go see a game. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it just didn't make sense. And, and you've never, I mean, I'm sure that the, that the parking lot in Las Vegas will, will be something when it comes back. But most of the people that are going to be in that parking lot that makes it that environment are going to be people driving or flying from Oakland. And you've, I, I, I've never been to a professional game other than a 49er or Raider game, but I can guarantee you there was nothing like a Raider parking lot before a game, you know, just the way, the way the fans supported everything, no matter how the team's doing, every, everybody was there and everybody's barbecuing in the parking lot and there, and you go, I, I actually saw a couple games in the black hole and that was the most intense sporting experience I ever had in my life. You know, I walked out just 
Oakland scores a touchdown, next thing you know, you're getting slapped around by 50 people. <laughs> you know, everybody's jumping up and down and high-fiving, and you're getting elbowed in the face, and it, it was just the most awesome thing ever. And everybody's leaving, and Oakland, and Oakland got a chance to shine again through that show. Because Oakland's a great town. It's got great people in it. It's got – I mean, the high school programs there are awesome, and the coaches that – put all their time and energy into those situations where it's not, you know, you got to worry about eligibility. You got to worry about crime. You got to worry about poverty. You got to worry about low numbers on teams and building up programs. And the time and effort those guys put in is phenomenal. And that, that far to me, that far outweighs any, any administrator or somebody that's like, well, you use, you use foul language. It's like, well, people use foul language in life and, and now, and look at these guys, we, we cussed them out and now they all have scholarships <laughs> and, and then they have degrees and then they have careers and families and, and things, and, and things happen in their lives because of the experiences that helped mold them when they were growing up playing football. Yeah. I think it's in the contract for football when you have to curse. I think once you <laughs> sign that, that's something you have to do. Definitely. I, I, I miss that outlet. I mean, because I, I definitely, when I was a younger coach, I mean, I'm 48 now and I've been doing this. I've been coaching since I was, yeah, this is, I'm going on 25 years of doing this. When I was a younger coach, I mean, I just felt like, you know, you know, like that old teacher line, you can't, don't smile till after Christmas, you know, and I got to be mean. I got to be tough. I can't let up. This is, this, this is, and, and, over time, it's like, well, no, I'll, I'll coach you hard. I'll, I'll, I'll hurt your feelings, but let I'm, I'm, it's more, it, I, I don't want to say relaxed because uh, I don't think I ever relax on a football field. I'll go up in the office and relax after, but just a matter of lucky land casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky, lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team, team Ready. ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Making it an enjoyable experience as it is productive. You know, if I'm telling you you're worthless all the time, maybe you might believe me mm-hmm. where I'm telling, you know, it, it's I and I find myself coaching the the technique more than the person. You know, like when you're a young coach, you just say, well, you're slacking or you're 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 no good or, you know, general things that aren't. It's like, well, you didn't run to the ball or you didn't do this or you gave up on this play. Not you're a horrible person, you're a piece of crap, you know, get out of my face. It's 
telling them exactly what went wrong and telling them exactly how to fix it and then challenging them to get better and and be productive and buy into what we're doing. It's almost like, because I was the same way. I was like, I got to be all over the place. I got to yell. I got to do this, got to do that. And I forced it. Now I realize that you have to turn it on and off. Like you have to coach them. But there is a point where once you turn it on and you're like amped up, they're like, oh, he means business. And like, we better get our head on straight, you know? And that's where that comes in. Like, that's what I've learned is like, I don't have to yell all the time. I'm coaching. And then if they're, like you said, they're loafing, they're not doing something right. You turn it on. They're like, oh, we better uh, pick it up because yeah. business. There was, there was a moment last year. I was uh, I was running a scout period with the whole defense, and we have every we have everything scripted on the back of the practice plan, and it's you know it'll say each period here's where the the ball usually we do most of our scout team from the forty five going in, and we'll just you know that way we get reps get reps get reps, but in certain periods towards the end of the week we'll move the ball around. Well, on this one I, I'm yelling, balls on the twenty. Ball's on the 20. So they go put the ball down. The guy that's running the scout team gets them to play. Excuse me. Our outside linebacker is, I mean, he's his whole entire head is on the other side of the ball. Now, he's behind the 20, but he's over the ball because the center didn't put the ball down exactly on the 20. Center put the ball down a little bit in front of the 20, like on the 19 and a half or whatever. And I'm, and I'm saying – and I, and I would I'm I'm usually at those periods I'm standing down the line I'm right there on the sideline looking down the line of scrimmage so I'm always trying to yell at guys you know not yell at guys but yell to guys hey you know get defensive linemen I'm usually telling them in run situations back off the ball a little bit you know or you know pass situation get closer to the ball but this particular outside linebacker had a habit of being offside a lot in practice and games and I, and I yell at I say hey you know, get on, and he starts and he snaps at me. You said the ball was on the 20. I'm at the top. And I'm like, and finally, I, I it was one of those ones. Like, I, I was trying to be Coach Ramos had to step out and, and take care of something. So it's like, let's let's be productive while, you know, make sure there's no no drop off because the defensive quarters coordinator is not standing right there. I said, look, just I need you find the ball. And he still kept talking. I'm like, hey, do me a favor. He's like, what's that, Coach? Will you shut the f up and do the and and, and find? I just unloaded on him, you know, for about ten seconds. Like, okay, now let's get back to this play. I'd like to run more than two plays in this five minute period. But it it, it was one of those ones where it's like I, I try to be nice, try to be nice, try to be nice. But there's always something that's going to cue that you, you know I wouldn't let you talk to me like that at a restaurant. I wouldn't let you talk to me like that if we passed each other walking on the street and you're not going to talk to me like that when we're at football practice. The mm -hmm. one, the one thing that always just makes me lose it is I, and I tell my guys, if you have a, if you are not a question, but if you are questioning anything we're doing, like, I don't understand why we run this. I don't understand why you have me this far off the ball. I don't understand. Then you come to me before practice, after practice in meetings, you can ask all of those questions. But if you ask one of those questions or make one of those statements during practice, I'm biting your head off because that's the last place on earth that that needs. When we're on the field, we're, whether you believe in it or not, that's what you're doing. And if you can't handle that, take your shit off and go to the locker room and get off this team. 
And every now and again, somebody would be like, I don't even know why we're doing it. And it's like, I'll tell you why we're doing this. And, it, and then they get a little bit of a rant. And, and then we try to get back to practice. You know, I try to my, – my younger guy rants would last forever, but I was the head coach at the high school, and we could end practice whenever I wanted. Now we're on, now we're on a time crunch. It's like you're going to get an air full for about 10 seconds, and then we're going to get to what we're doing. And then, it, and then it's one of those moments like, hey, why don't you come see me after practice? And we'll yeah. discuss this a little bit more. But they respect you more, even if it's a rant, if you know why. If you didn't know why, they would ask again. But if you can tell them why in your own words, in your own tone, they're like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I remind them all the time. I say, unlike you, I'm an awesome communicator. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a teacher and a coach. I say, I'm, I'm real good at explaining exactly what I want done and how I want it done. And it's your job to listen to that. Uh, but I'm, I'm it, I mean, just. Yeah, and if you don't I, like I, the why, you can ask me afterwards. That's it. I'll probably have to wear dark sunglasses because when we get back on the field, being able to do this stuff again, I'll probably be tearing up. It's just. Yeah. But then but then I'd want to get a group hug, but then we can't group hug. <laughs> or, well, I'll, I don't know, maybe we can't group hug. Keep your masks on. Or we group hug and then we all gotta go quarantine. Cause I the 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 kids we got coming back this year are especially at the D line, they're they're not only are they great football players, but they're they're a great group of dudes. And I they were good and I like I really like they were good dudes last year too. It's just, you know, I had I had a we were we were freshman heavy. You know, when the when we won the state championship, it's like, well, the good news is last chance you's coming in. The bad news is we, you know, they're they're our first meeting. You know, there's 100 kids in the room and maybe probably 18 to 20 of them have rings on. Everybody else is is fresh face and new, you know, because we, we we were really we were a big time sophomore team that year. We won the championship. And everybody got out, and there there were some guys, a few guys coming back, but not very many at all. And I mean, I think I had two two returning guys in my group last year from the year before, and and the freshman group that we had coming in, they're really really good. But we run a, a very I don't want to say complex, but I mean, it, it can be, but we run a lot of different defensive calls. You know, any game we're going into, we got the bands that might have 20, 20 something calls on the band. And then there's probably another 30 that we could signal in from the sideline, you know, whether everything from and just how our defense has evolved, there's tags off of everything. Well, we're, we used to do that. Well, we're in this. Well, how can we get to, you know, to put a tag on it. Put a tag on it. But instead of making up a whole new call, it's just that call, that that play call with a tag on it, and then now we can do a hundred different things off of it. But the kids have to remember all that, and it's really it's really difficult for a freshman to come in and know all these calls and the technique and still be able to perform at a high level. You know, it, it takes them a while. And now this group, I I've got. Four, four guys, four, no, five guys coming back that know right now, just be even being off, 
off of things for so long probably have about 80% of the playbook at their disposal right now, you know, which just, it opens it up for us, but it, but the more they can get that, the mental side of the plays down, now they can play freely. You know, I don't want, I never want to be that guy that just says, you know, Hey, just go into a blind rage and, and go get it done. You know, and I've heard coaches coach like, ah, you know, you just got to go like a Tasmanian devil and go wreck shop. It's like, well, no, you got to, you got to know if there's one, you know, what are the splits? What's their depth off the ball? How many backs we got in the backfield? You know, what what's what plays are we looking pre-snap read? What are we thinking here? And then they got to be able to line up in something, maybe move to something else. Last year, we started doing two-time calls where everybody from the nose to the strong side was running this call. Everybody on the weak side was running another call, which just allowed us to – you know, the possibilities of the things that we can run just doubled off of that. It was like, oh, we're running two time calls. And it, and just being able to think and process all that and then have, then go out and play, you got to have you got to have those reps and you got to have those experiences. And just like I said earlier, what I think that's one of the things that's allowed our guys to go on to other levels and compete and start. Because, you know, you, I, I've heard people over the years that say, well, you, you know, a good community college, junior college, you should just line up in a 4-3 and just let them play. And it's like, well, no. I mean, look at, look at Ohio State. They kept it simple, you know, for the, the personnel and the scheme. But when you go against a complex team, you have to be able to have more moving parts to be able to adjust to things. Now, sometimes the opposite can happen when you have nine different personnel groupings that you could run and you run this play with nine guys or you run this play with 12 guys or you get all these penalties. You know, it, it definitely comes down. You got to have a lot more game management. But just mm-hmm. being able to be able to have that all those plays down when they get to that next level, you know, you get I, like my guy Amir goes to Washington State. I can only imagine how thick that playbook is. Right. And and just to be able to not only go and, and be there, because, I mean, for me, it would, I mean, I'm a, I, I'd say be, well, being there should is great, but being there and contributing is even better. I mean, right. every, but I also tell them, I said, you know, everybody becomes the big, the big fish, little, big fishes become little fishes and little fishes become big fishes. And you have to be, how are you going to handle your time? If you're the big fish and all of a sudden they're treating you like a little one, how are you going to, how are you going to respond to that and, and keep your head straight and make it happen? And our, our guys go and they, they become leaders of their group and they contribute and they perform. And it's awesome to watch Jordan Whitley, who uh, played for our championship year. And then last year was at Oregon state they just filled out paperwork at Laney because the Packers are interested in him. And he was a guy who was a 260 pound running back who then had major knee surgery and then became a 320 pound defensive lineman. And everybody's saying, telling us, Oh, he can't do it. He can't do it. He's a running back. He's not going to do it. He's not going to use his hands. He's not going to do it. I said, he's an athlete. And we would, what he'd be sitting there on the bench with his leg brace on, 
you know, just kind of getting into a funk because he's gaining weight and he's not being able to do the things he wants to do. And it's like, just come play D-line, Jordan. Come play D-line. And, and Coach Ramos and I would always go hit him up every day. And he's like, oh, Coach, you, you're stupid. You're stupid. You know, just laugh it off. And then we he thought about it enough. And, you know, it, it, it's just like any kind of recruiting situation. I could be the best recruiter in the world, but you have to decide you want to do it or you have to decide you want to play for me. No matter what I'm saying or doing, it's it's your decision to make. And he made that decision, and he had two phenomenal years with us. And next thing you know, he's in the Pac-12, and hopefully he'll be playing on Sundays one day. That's and, awesome. That's yeah. Awesome. And But none of those guys, if, if we ran two things – at length, and you know, two things defensively. None of those guys, they they would be at least behind a year to be able to uh, to assimilate the playbook in their head. It just wouldn't happen right away. I mean, no matter how no matter how much you try to get in there and study it, there's so many calls and so many different situations that you have to make it difficult for them, and you have to put a lot of calls in and make them think as well as play. We're preparing them for the next level, preparing them for life, because if they can handle that, like this COVID thing, that hit us, and we did not know. But I feel like people that played sports could handle it better. We were like, okay, this is a curveball. We have to adjust. So if you do make game situations tough, make them think, when they get into life and they're like, oh, this happened, but I could handle this at Langley. I can handle this at Washington State. I can handle this. With all these fans watching me too, just to ramp it up. Heck, Yeah. We, uh, I always tell them, I ask my guys, it's like, hey, somebody will be losing it or starting. Hey, what's rule number one? And they'll say, don't panic, coach. That's all the first day I say, hey, rule number one, don't panic, don't panic. And, and somebody, he'll, he'll, some kid will come to the sideline, their eyes are this big, and they're, he's holding me, he's doing that. Hey, what's rule number one? Ah, oh, yeah, don't panic. It's like, we got this. We got, don't worry, we got this. And everything will be okay. Hopefully yeah, it will be okay. Yeah, hopefully, because then my ass is going to get chewed, your ass will get chewed, but it's not okay. <laughs> like, you guys think your film room is bad. Come to the coach's office. You'll find out how bad it is. Oh. I am I am not a, I'm not a fan of going upstairs when things aren't going well. My my cheat move is we have a conference room with one of those big oval tables and it has the the sliding doors so you could shut it off and everything the TV and the whiteboard it's a, it's a nice room it's not too big though so when we're all meeting up there I'm 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 right outside in the hallway in the chair I pull up I grab a chair and I pull it up and I'm right there for all the discussions but I'm not like right there and the, I can answer from the hallway and and get a little bit of a safety net. <laughs> That's smart. It's real smart to do. And I bust out my snacks. <laughs> well, Coach, I took a lot of your time, but I really, really appreciate it. This was a long – I just realized. I was like, no, oh, we're going on an hour and 50 minutes. And I feel bad because it just keeps going. And I'm like, oh, shit. And now, <laughs> like, it doesn't feel like it, you know. That's the podcast. Like, it doesn't feel it's been that long. Um, but I hope you guys can play. I really do. Illinois and California are a dumpster fire is the nice way to put it. But I hope you guys can play. And I'll try to figure out if I can watch it from Illinois. I don't know how, but I'll try to figure it out. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. If you guys can play, well, I appreciate that. And same to you. I mean, it, it's that it, I, I, I mean, I always knew, but a big, a big part of how I feel about myself is through coaching and teaching. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's where I, I, I get a good chunk of my self worth from is being able to do these things. Like I, like I said in the message, I'm, I'm laying down that laminate flooring, and it's going to look good, but it's. I'm thinking way too hard on this stuff and it's not what I was put on this earth to do, but the coaching and the teaching part is something that I feel I've gotten good at. I've, I've had my mistakes. I've made my fair share of mistakes. I'll make more, but I, I get a lot of, of, of how I feel about myself as a person through those experiences of teaching and coaching. And, and I, I don't feel, I don't feel less or worthless. I just, I want those, I want those moments that say, you know, remind me that, Hey, I'm, I'm making a difference in all these young men's lives and we're accomplishing something great together. And the camaraderie that I get with the other coaches, I, I, I miss the heck out of all that stuff. And I can't wait to get it back. Yeah. And like, I'll, uh, it's like something's missing. You're like, you know, like something's missing that we're not doing this right now. Like, oh yeah. Like there's a hole there, like not, no offense to anything around us, but there's part of us. that's like, this is what I like to do. So I meant to do and Something's missing. Oh yeah. You know, we're doing nothing and you can't help them. I, I was talking to my wife today and you know, there's a chance. I don't know sooner or later that we might go back to, to high school this year. And I said, I don't know if I, I mean, they'll probably have the option of, of people staying distance learning. And I said, I, I don't know if I would want to go back or maybe finish this year out doing what I'm doing. You know, it would allow me to stay home more. My my son's about to have knee surgery, and it would allow me to help more. And she said, I, I think more you probably need to go back just for your mental health and, and, and feeling part of something. I mean, there, there's something to be said when they, they talk about how people weren't meant to live in big cities. People were supposed to – were meant to live in small communities where they feel involved and they feel needed and, and part of that community. And I definitely miss being part of that coaching community at Laning College and just being part of the coaching community in general. I mean, this is I'm all I'm all fired up. You know, it's probably I haven't talked football like this in a while. And it's it's awesome. I mean, we have our meetings and things, but just not talking in depth about coaching D line and coaching O line and the relationships. And I I I miss it. And I'll, I'll be 
just happier than crap when we go back to it. And I'll, and they do show them online. I'll, I'll shoot you when we get back to the real world, I'll shoot you a link so you can, they, they do a, we won't get the same uh, super smooth announcer that they used for the, the last chance you, but we got to, it's pretty good. They, 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 uh, the three C two a, they do a good job of putting games online and, and having coverage and even having like a, a crew that they, they focus on a game of the week and it's the same guys and they do commentary and, it, and it's really cool. You know, it, it's not uh it's not in front of thousands. Yeah. You know, here I'll, I'll leave you with this one. It's way back at Solano community college where I played at and where I, and I, and I was a high school coach. Then I, that my first college experience of coaching was there and we were, our defensive coordinator, who's really, really good and innovative, he's like, we need to, we need to bring the speakers out and play crowd noise. And so we brought, I had a big old speaker from the high school and I brought it out and then coach Ramos had, had a recording of quest field. So we're playing the quest field stuff and it's super loud and it just, and it was really fun because the kids had to focus more because of the crowd noise. And I, I had seen similar things like that at Cal where they put the speakers all the way around the rim of the stadium and we're playing, they were playing USC that week when we watched them practice and they're just blaring the USC fight song. Tedford had a little, had a, one of those little, I little iPod things and just hit the little button and it blaring it. And I said, well, this time I, I we got to have something that's a little more to our experience, you know, so that when we practice, it's like, okay, he's like, and he, and I didn't tell him what I was going to do. And the defensive coordinator said, it. it's like, okay, coach Coughlin has something that's really thinks going to help us you know, while we're playing and it was going to be a home game that week. And I was like, okay, let's line up. We start doing the plays and everything. And I hit play on the, on the thing. And it was crickets because, you know, it's at Solano college, you know, on a good day, we might have like a hundred, 150 people. It's like, if we got up to like two, 200, 300, it was amazing. And it's like, okay, this is more our style. Play with these crickets. <laughs> I'll still watch it. Like, I found myself watching high school games that were being streamed that were being going on. And then I found myself watching Joe Rogan's podcast because I was like, how is he so good? So I was watching it like football film. Like, how does he do it so well? Oh, he's just smart. He knows how to talk. Like that. And I was like, Steve, you're watching it like football film. What is wrong with you? <laughs> like, <laughs> I couldn't enjoy a college game. Like during high school, I can try on a college game. I'll pick up nuggets, but I watch them as a fan because I'm watching my own film, you know, on Saturdays. This year, every college game I was watching, like, film, I'm, like, watching the linemen, I'm watching this, I'm watching this. I'm like, I need sports back because I can't enjoy it anymore. Like, I was breaking it down in my head. Oh, I'm, I'm making my son sit down with me and watch the – when it was really, really bad, we are watching Cornhole. Like, come here and watch this Cornhole with me. Did you see the spinning put on that bag? See how he did that? Cornhole and the darts that was on. I was like, I have to watch this. I have to watch cornhole and bowling. Like, I have to oh, turn that up. Oh, when when the UFC stuff started back up, I'm I was stuck. I was like, oh, we got it. And and just hearing everybody ne get negative, like, well, they can't bring this back. They can't bring that. Well, no, we need this stuff back. I mean, I don't I don't want people getting sick and dying, but I also know that the world can't shut down for an extended period of time and then just start right back up. You know, people, people need something to watch, something to root for, something to belong to. The players need it. The coaches need it. The fans need it. Everybody needs it. And 
I'm still counting down the days until we can get back to it. Same here. It's I'm like, when's February 15th? When's February 15th? And then it's like, oh, it's almost here. And I, I'm praying that like February 14th, we just get the green light. I'm like, I'm good. Let's go. Like, I'm just because like our high school has 1,800 kids. There was over 3,000 failing grades. Like, that's what we're dealing with. And, I, and I'm like, this is not good. It's not good. And our kids, I'm like, what do you, I can't blame them. I'm like, if I was 16 and my Xbox was sitting right there, I might be like, ah, oh, maybe I'll just play that today. No doubt. I, I did a lot in the beginning of the year with this. I did a lot of just talking to them and showing them not, not over the top motivational things, but just things that I thought like would help them, you know, as far as deal, how to deal with trauma or how to deal with situations. And now I'm just to the point where, cause I, I'm a PE teacher and I, we can't make them open up their cameras and mm-hmm. I can't, I can't sit there and say do 10 push-ups, and I'm watching everybody. I don't want to do that. And we were doing fitness logs, but like I told them, that's just lies on a Google doc. And now, now it's just like, I give them health things or sports things or weightlifting. Vi- and here, here's watch, watch this video. I'm going to talk to you for five, 10 minutes, watch this video, answer these questions and then get out of here and take a little time off, you know, go do some things for you or handle business. And I'm just trying to keep it short and sweet and not overburden them with things. Cause they're, I know some of their, you know, their academic classes, academic teachers are always going to, you know, you're going to do work. We're going to, we're going to judge the value of this class by the amount of work you do. And I'm at the point where it's like, let's just get a little bit of quality stuff. Everything I give you has a purpose. Now, if I give you, if I got you for 40 minutes, do let's, let's work tough for 20 and then go do what you got to do. And some people are going to need more time. Some people are going to get it done super quick. And then they, they can just go have, have a little time for, to work on their, their mental and, and get themselves going. And then I tell them, get some sunlight and remind them all to take vitamin D. I tell them that almost every day. Oh, I have I have it sit on the counter. If it gets put in the cup in the cabinet, I forget. I'm like, no, pass me on the counter. I have to see it and I gotta take it. I'm not messing around with this. It's gotta happen. I get yelled at. Why is it on the counter? Well, I have to see it so I can take it. It's gotta um, happen. That's how, that sounds like me. I've got I've got my my fish oil, my vitamin D. I started taking zinc and uh and then my fiber because I'm old. And then every morning I, I make my I make I'm an adult now, so I make my protein shake with coffee, and I make my protein shake, and I I take my vitamins, and then I go sit in front of the computer and go pretend to be a teacher. And that was the other thing. We, those kids need screen breaks too, and that's the thing with this podcast. So like, I do Zoom all day, and then I'm like, oh, I got to do a podcast and sit on Zoom. But at least I talk football. This is therapy to me. I'm like, this Heck is yeah. Just- Sometimes when when we have our our professional development right now is it it it's it's like what I said about the academic teacher. They're trying to just give a lot of busy work, so they feel like I think they feel like well, these teachers are at home all day. They got it easy. It's like being on a being a, a distance learning teacher on a computer screen is like being a lifeguard all day long. 
you know, I got to be there in case you put something into the chat and you ask me a question. I got to be there in case you open up the mic or something goes wrong with the with the program that they watch the videos on. Hey, it's not working. Then I got to go into the matrix on the district thing and get the video okay. And it's it's not a, I don't just get on there and talk for five minutes and walk away from the screen and that and that grinds. That grind. Plus, I'm a PE teacher. I wasn't I wasn't meant to be sitting in front of a, even though we're doing PE kind of things. I wasn't meant to be in front of a piece a computer screen all day long. No. No, it's active. It's movement. Now you're sitting in front of a computer screen, hoping they're doing that. <laughs> now we, we get a, I get a good solid hour break in there between some of my classes. And I just, I, I make myself, I, I throw on my hoodie and I, I go on, I, I try to get at least three miles of walking just so I can get moving again. There were, I looked at it. There were days when, between teaching and coaching and walking from one side of the campus to the other at the high school and the college, I'd look at, I'd get over 20,000 steps in a day. And then I, I started looking at my phone with some of this, this stuff. There were days I was getting 400 steps. I'm like, this is not good. I mean, I'm going from the bedroom to the computer, to the bathroom, to the computer, to the couch. And, it, and it's, I got to get my big butt moving. That happened at the beginning of quarantine when there was no gyms. I'm like, this can't last forever. And then it's May, and I'm like, okay, I need to go pick up running, and I hate running. I'm like, but I got to go outside and jog and run. Run a mile. I'm like, oh, I'm dying. I'm old. I can't be doing this. Is that? And then I go, is that what the kids do? I make them run? <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> that, that's where the old outfit – As a, I, I'm not big – as a PE teacher, I'm not so big on the mile and not just because I feel bad for them, just because the research shows that that's not the biggest indicator of, of fitness. I mean, it gets, it gets you somewhere. It's, it, it's, and I'm not, I'm not being down on it, but you know, I've, in my PE classes, I've got everything from in super shape to grossly out of shape I, I, intervals. I'm going to blow this whistle and you're going to run. I'm going to blow this whistle and you're going to walk. I'm going to blow this whistle and you're going to run. I'm, you know, or, run the straights, walk the turns or jog half, walk half, whatever I can do to make it sneaky on them. And that, and that's what I have to do to myself. I can't, if you, if you just put me on the track and said, you're going to run a mile, I might run away from you. You know, where, where if I'm, if I'm working on sprinting the straights and walking the turns, I may end up doing that for 30 minutes and then walk for another 20 after that and get a great workout in. And if the research is right, I'll be burning more body fat than if I was just running that straight mile and walking away from it. I because there a line I heard a long time ago that always makes sense. It's like there are cheetahs and buffaloes in life, and I I I'm not a cheetah. I'll I'll give you a great I'll give you a great run for you know anywhere up to a minute. After after a minute, I got to throttle down for a little bit. The buffalo's got to walk and get his energy systems replenished. Yeah, I was. I always tell my players if they were joking around, they mouth up. I'm like, all right, you got about 25 yards, about 30 yards that I can catch you. After that, I ain't catching it no more. Pretty fast at 25 yard, 30 yard. I'm like, after that, no. Now it's a spurt. Now it's a marathon. I'm not doing it. <laughs> I had a kid at Laney a couple of years ago. He's like, he's he's jogging by me, and I and I still I will I will I will run. I mean, not sprint. It's it's a it's a fast jog. But I'm moving from drill to drill. I will not, you know, you got to be the example as the coach. I'm not walking. 
from a drill to a drill. That's just, if I got to do that, I better be at least 60 years old with a hip replacement or something. But one of the guys jogged by me. He's like, oh, coach, you're getting slow. You're getting old. I was like, okay, I got you. I grabbed him by his face mask and I started sprinting. And so it was like, it was like some overspeed training. And, and I, I must've ran, I ran with him for about 40 yards. He's like, damn coach, I didn't know you were fast like that. I said, that's about all I got after that 40 yards. It's tapering. I was like, not- stopped at 40 yards. <laughs> Short change of directions. Well, coach, right I will on, here. Um, you'll have to send me the link so I can watch you guys. When you play, I'm going to say when you play. I'm not going to say if. When you play, I can watch it. It will be when. I've been accused of being overly optimistic. I may, I might be one of the most optimistic guys on the coaching staff, and I will continue to stay optimistic. But I'm, but I'm not going to – I won't say it's set in stone until it is. I'll believe it when I see it, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. I'm hoping it's going to happen. Keep thinking it has, about it. It has to. All right, well, people out there listening, stay safe, wear the mask so we can play sports. We really <laughs> And I'll see you guys next time. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. O'Reilly Auto Parts specializes in keeping your car on the road. Not sure how much life is left in your battery? Our professional parts people will test it for free. If it does need to be replaced, we'll help you find just the right one to fit your car. Our superstar batteries are built to handle even the toughest conditions. Visit O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, oh.